Hello. Now we're and starting. Broadcasting from the okay. beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Like the audio just played, the explosion just happened, so you kind of have the idea where it is right okay. now. I know. How's it feel? You can't hear the shit on your end. Uh, well, actually, I know exactly what that sounds like because that happened last week. Cool. <laughs> well, you know what it sounded like when I started the podcast and the interview stuff did, but I did fix it as soon as I had available time and remembered to. And welcome everyone back to the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. With James in studio and Edward on the phone. So good. What's up, guys? It is it is us. It is James and Edward. It is Edward James, which is coincidentally my middle name. So what's up? I'm at home because uh Yeah, well, explain why you're at home and not in studio with your beautiful um, voice. Why can't we have a proper mic on you? Why do we have to do this over the phone? Because well, why do we have to do it over the phone? Because it's a more consistent audio than trusting your goddamn broadband to freaking hold well, yeah. a conversation and have that shit cutting out. Fuck that. Don't need that bullshit. <laughs> but um, this is... Um, my mom went to visit her family in Fresno, which from what I hear, that trip was a shit show and a half. But the important thing is Fresno cold is not the same as Central Coast cold. Like you may think, oh, 37, 37 degrees here probably feels the same 37 degrees in Fresno. No, it does not. Uh, we're talking ice on the road there. We're talking the chill hits you in your bones. And mom came back with a little bit of cold symptoms. My dad noticed it right away, and I'm at work. And so dad's like, mm, probably should get that COVID test. And it's like, well, damn it. So, and I could have withheld that from the boss because I tr- because I feel like it's this time it's actually just a cold, but that'd be dumb and I want to be safe. So I told the boss and then, uh, yeah, I've been home for the last few days. I You're honestly waiting for thought, your fucking COVID test. Well, I haven't taken one yet because they they're just like, well, let's see what hers come back, comes back as, you know. And I'm hoping she doesn't have it, not just because I worry about her health, but also because the company I work for uh, made a change to their COVID policy. Is it now uh, the five and, days? No, 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 not COVID policy. I meant co- their COVID pay. Uh, there is none anymore. So if you are out on COVID, you got to use any vacation or sick time what? that you have. That's fucking. Yeah. Damn. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck you. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> what the fuck? That's shitty. I mean, I didn't want COVID in the first place, but no now one I wants like COVID, really... but sometimes fuckers just like accidentally give it to you. Yeah. So this is uh so now I really don't want COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's at the point where it's like it's inevitable if you do or don't get if you do get COVID. It's very hard not to get sometimes. Now you could try your best, but there might be at some point you're gonna catch it. I mean, that's just how it is with uh, any fucking cold. I don't know if you would call the, the COVID thingy a, uh, a a common illness now, but, uh, you know, like the. Common I don't know. It's pretty whatever. fucking common enough. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know. It, yes, it, it's it, it's just uh, 
sometimes it's just to the point where it's like, you know, it'd be really nice if this didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I can really offer about that just because uh, it's been rough, but it ha- it's, dude, it's not nearly as bad as, well, not last November as in a few months ago, but last November as in 2020 where my brother got both my parents the COVID and uh, uh, and then I was the only one that didn't get it. So that and then later on, I got it. So this is way less stressful than that. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it for me. Uh, how, how? How? Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, how? How? how uh, what did you do this weekend? This is the first time we've talked all year. year. Oh, I've been doing that the last two days. It's been great. Hey, oh, you just been doing that all your fucking peeps on the internet. Yeah, this is the first yeah, time we've talked. I've been doing it. I've been all doing it all year. year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can tell you this. You? For me, I mostly just was at work. Is uh, my weekend was like I worked to the point, and then like. It was a last bit decision where friggin' I went down south to go kick it with good friend Bone Steel, the main man that sends us tracks for Hot or Not. Yeah. I was down there with the hanging with good friend Dylan, and we went down there and we played some VD games for the most part. I'm trying to remember what we did the first night. I think we showed up the first night and was chilling, and we were dicking around making like cracking jokes as Dylan as he has to blow up a whole air mattress by himself. Which that was kind of like something eventful, but he eventually was able to do that to blow that thing with just. How the hell? Why'd you make him do that? Doesn't he have like a collapsed lung at this point? He doesn't have a fucking. There's no air pump. And freaking. He was far too gone to try an idea to like flatten out the mattress and then try to use a trap, like a trash bag to freaking like put air into the air mattress. Actually, I think I've heard of that. Uh, that that idea before. Whatever you want to try it was that? that, but then yeah, then the next day we kind of woke up, chilled, just grabbed some grill mall. We came back, tried to like figure out what we want for sweet desserts. Eventually, decided to order some freaking cheesecake factory. Then we just dicked around and played some freaking Nintendo, mostly just Mario Party. Then there was a moment we started playing like I don't know Mario 3D World or whatever the fuck. Basically, where you can play co-op. I started crashing out and then like I bailed out, like ha- like. After world, uh, after world two, I'm like, dude, I'm too sleepy. I can't fucking do this. And then I was just kind of just chilling there, crashed out while they were playing the fucking VD games. And then yeah, no, we like woke up today, went and got some hot chicken, and then freaking me and Dylon mobbed on back. And now I'm here podcasting after like I, you know, just saying, got home, unload my shit, take like take a shit, freaking clean myself up a teeny bit, and then come here <laughs> and declutter my mess. Cause like throughout the like throughout the beginning of the week, I was were doing some freaking session drum work for some for some Grom off in Georgia for his black metal project and stuff. Oh, you you uh that finally ended up like finally started being realized finally. Well, I fucking finished out the drum tracks and sent it to him, and he gave him an okay for the most part. And then I hear him today because he like changed up the riffs because he felt so his old riffs were redundant, in which they were. But there has been some issues where he's not playing with me in a sense. It's hard to explain. Only way to really like hear it's like you have to listen, actually listen mm-hmm. to the tracks. But it's just like he sounded like he was excited. Because here's the thing. The turnaround was like two fucking days for him to track all the guitars. So I'm like, damn. And I'm like, listen to it. And I'm like, I told him like, yeah, no, some of the stuff's kind of off. Like I'm just like some of the stuff's off from like the drums 
And then he tried to do some like art, some he tried to do some like creative liberties because there was like part of me like there was like some songs where like I couldn't like go in straight into the next riff because I would always just fuck up on the timing. So I had to do like mm. artistic, artistic creativity by stopping for a second, doing some build up, and then actually going into it. So like the so I was on time from the tracks he sent me. Now the issue is that I. And playing to the tracks that he sent me, and then he's now going through trying to like spice up, do some new things. But he's like, kind of like it's going off. There's like just like two songs that were off with the drums for the most part. But maybe vocals can like glue that in, like sonically. Like there's gonna be like yeah. Like here's the thing. Maybe <clears throat> someone that isn't listening, someone that doesn't know, could say, oh, it's just all right, cool. Like someone wouldn't notice the weirdness. But for me, I'm sitting there. I'm like. It's so just weird and off. Ugh. What's mm-hmm. going on? I'm like I tell you, it's 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 interesting how much uh it's interesting how much like different stuff can hide stuff, you know? Like it's different it's funny how like, you know, drums and bass can like sometimes mask the mess ups of each other, how all that can mask up any uh mess ups on the bass or how vocals you you layer that on there. And yeah. That's always been really neat to me. Yeah, no. Well, like, obviously, it's like I played to the best of his <laughs> tracks and he gave him an okay and I got half the payment. So, yeah, that's been me. Like, nothing like super sexy or like, like, reform disastrous for a yeah. freaking like to like really talk <clears throat> about. Yeah, Do we even uh, see each other like at Christmas time? Uh, no. We, we, saw, we no, saw, did we, we have to push this? Wait, we saw ourselves before Christmas. We haven't seen each yeah. other this week. Because while I was thinking, yeah. like, we meet up earlier, and then you're like, nope. Sorry. I'm right, Carrie. Gotta Wait, switch earlier the schedule in the week, again. You mean, you mean yesterday? Oh, you mean fucking your year gag. No, 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 I'm not kidding. I'm serious. We The original plan was yesterday on Saturday. I thought it was Sunday. No, today is Sunday. No, we talked about Sunday. Well, it depends. No, but whatever. I think it was like some plan. I don't recall, but like for sure there was that. I know. No, listen, Great fucking listen, radio listen. we got going on here. Listen, listen. The last one was probably the worst. It, it There was a lot of crap going on. It's probably knock on wood worse than wood in my room. I don't know if you heard that. Um, that's probably it's probably not going to get that bad. Well, uh, it's again. the holidays, and you work in retail, so there is a forgiveness on that. But hell for yeah, sure, dog. for sure, there's always a constant throughout the week. Oh, shit's got to change. Oh, sorry, James. Oh, sorry, James. I'm like, oh, Mariah Carey over here. See, I don't even know what again. that means. I don't know enough about Mariah Carey to get that joke. <sighs> okay, fine. I'll ruin the joke. No, you don't have to ruin the joke. I was just saying I don't get it. It's simple. Dude, it's simple. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Is a diva. Oh yeah, she is, isn't she? <laughs> uh, I'm not a diva. Let's just get into the podcast. Yes, and listeners, there are timestamps. I know great fucking compelling shit about life that we talked about. But either way, fuck, we gotta get in the hot or not, right? Damn right. All right. As you can see, it's on the phone. This hot or not might be a disaster, at least for commentary from Edward. I'll try my best. <laughs> To, like, do a little bit more insight, maybe entertain. I fucking doubt it. Who knows? Like, I've heard what we're going to hear. But let me grab the bumper for you people. 
I do intend to see this one. The bumper's on. Shut up. Lisa, thank you. Sorry. You didn't know. You're not here in studio. Now I'm talking over the bumper. Fuck me. I apologize, Edward, for doing that to you. All right, today is Hot or Not, sent by good friend Jake Bonesteel, is a song called 808s and Screaming by Scythe Gang 666 which I usually read the bio for the band. How about you do it? You're, like, right there. Usually I want you to be somewhat surprised, but then I looked and there's no fucking bio. Wait, no, hold it. Well, no, I need to back up a little bit. Now I got the fucking bio, but... Read me the Bible. Well, I'll say, well, I'll say this. First off, the name Scythe Gang Six Six Six. The freaking single for this song is it. It just looks like Grand Theft Auto, like just Grand the Theft cover. Auto Five specifically. Okay, but check this out, everybody. The, wait, that's it. Yeah, they <laughs> have a. I know. I pulled the script. They have too. a sentence. They have a sentence. That's it. Says Scythe Gang. Oh my God! Get this, everybody. Scythe Gang Six Six Six. But it says in parentheses, pronounced. Scythe Gang Triple Six. So is I, a f- I, and now I'm educated how to say their fucking name. So Scythe Gang Triple C, Triple Six is a four-piece extreme death trap group from Seattle, Washington, established 2020. Okay, so I here's I, the thing I, about this band. I've heard of I, them before. <laughs> Oh, you have? Yeah, 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 no, dude. I used to be punished by their fucking Target advertisement on Facebook all the time. So I've heard a couple of their songs. So I've heard of this project. And believe me, you can see and see at them. They're kind of a wild looking bunch. Mr. Bo- their their top five songs are AK-47, the one we're about to listen to, Speed RCR, Hundreds with a Z, of Guns with a Z, and Crack Addicts. So, yeah, no, I've heard this project before. They're a pretty wild project. And honestly, the best part is that they usually piss off some cringy fucking metalheads that actually comment on them. Because here's the thing. You look at them. They're kind of like, they're edgy. I've seen a dude wear a Toxic Holocaust shirt. They used to play in some spacey metalcore band, but then realized this shit's dumb. Let's just be a ridiculous fucking extreme Wait, death on. trap project. That's like spacey. what Bone Steel told me. Spacey Deathcore band was it Rings of Saturn? Not that I don't know. Some fucking bolt, some genty bullshit. You know, something okay. that isn't like you know. No one fucking really gives a fuck about. Only like I guess fucking real metalheads these days. But yeah, you can see. But whatever, you got the fucking boomer from metalheads that used to like say stupid shit like, "Oh, this is the worst dog shit I've ever heard." Fucking talentless hacks, and they would always just repost it. Like use yeah. like these guys are pretty like this project seem they're self aware. They know that they're, they're pretty ridiculous, and you know what? I feel like they're fulfilling their gimmick pretty good too. Now, have I heard this song <coughs> specific song? No, but I have heard of this project before because targeted advertisement were they trying to make me comment on that shit no because i'm kind of aware these days what maybe what metal modern metal is and it kind of might be sounding like this or could be years from now or because you know real metal now is i thought was kind of fucking poser bullshit 10 years ago like slipknot (laughs) slipknot is a fucking gatekeeper band now that was not the fucking case (laughs) 10 years ago so believe me oh trust me as evolution goes on i am now aware that i i am what i am aware enough to know don't fall for that fucking trap if i'm well is a gatekeeper band and if you don't like that (laughs) now i'm aware enough to know metal's kind of bullshit 
Sorry to people I'm, that actually like metal. I'm, I'm, a, That's I'm aware their enough. I'm not attacking your personality. I'm not right. saying that. There's a lot of music in this world. Now, I'm curious how this is going to sound. And then we're going to be talking about something maybe on the flip side. Yeah. Next- I'm aware enough. I'm aware enough to know that it turns out all the music that I ended up liking as a kid that the metal gatekeepers thought was dumb is like actually the hype of stuff. So thanks for validating me mainstream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not validating you. I'm still trying to be, I'm trying to be too cool and try to James. have bands that I can't have clout. I was literally dry when I was driving, we were talking about municipal waste and it's like, no, I still like municipal waste. I just don't feel like they're much of a clout band these days as they were like, you know, halfway through the last decade. There's a little bit more like municipal waste. They seem cool. It was like, oh, dude, this is kind of a cool fucking thrash band. And obviously, I still think municipal waste is like, you know, way better than a lot of the fucking like droves of other frigging garbage thrash bands. Because, I don't know, I think municipal waste, you look at them and they actually listen to other fucking music that isn't fucking thrash metal or metal. Right. So, like, okay. So I give credibility on like, you know, municipal waste. But my thing was like, I don't know. I don't think they're much of a clout band these days. They're basically a legacy act, which I still like municipal waste, but they're not like a cool, like you can have clout over. It's like, yeah, I listen to municipal waste. What the fuck's up, nerds? <laughs> All right. You want to listen to this song now? <laughs> yeah. All right. So Looking we're great description to, for hot or not. All right. So we're going to. So what we're going to have to do here is we're going to have to do a countdown for us to listen hope, to and the, hope that and hope that we press the play triangle button at the same time. I'll let you do the countdown. OK, great. So, yeah, hopefully this doesn't come out crappy. Here we go, everybody. Uh, three, two, one. Click. All right. So we're got to fade in. Okay. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for oh, Scythe okay. game triple six? I just oh, want to listen to 808s and screaming. He like wants to listen to 808s and screaming. Yes, he does. Oh, wait. I did actually listen to this song. Jake accidentally showed it to me like yesterday. Damn it, How do I remember? But here, it's fresh listen for you. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's different than what I usually listen to. Well, it definitely sounds like a freaking de- desktop project. Yeah, no kidding. Like, this is something that you could do on your own. But I guess there's multiple people. Yeah, no, and I have listened to this song. Like no, I have listened to this song, and this, and if I wanted to say that this is what Metalhead's trying to make trap sounded like, this is kind of it. Yeah, it's it, it, now like it's this part like, with now this part with the on the background kind of reminds me of Ministry a little bit. Oh, this is I was actually gonna say because um, I've listened to the new Ministry album and Al Jorgensen just just still does Al Jorgensen. Let me tell you, this is this is pretty Ministry sound. Like yeah, I remember listening to this. I'm like, for this honestly kind of sounds more like industrial metal, or at least that '90s. Like, it, like it kind of sounds like Ministry, which isn't yeah. wrong. Because like I have listened to their other stuff where they kind of just sound like fucking peaking, like red level peaking, freaking like trap music, and them doing extreme stuff. But this sounds like kind of like almost like a band that listens to some Ministry. Like, this honestly came off as an industrial song. Yeah, yeah, like, that, that, that's why I'm like, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, you know, 
This is like... I'm sure there's someone out there that would get pissed if I said this, but this gives me like... Like, Static X vibes a bit. Not a lot, not in like a... You know, very obvious way, but like... What I mean, I mean, it's like, this sounds like something that Wayne Static would have liked, is what I mean. Yeah, no, so, like, I have listened to this band, pr like, prior, and they have done more what try to sound like dudes trying to play Trapped, but this song, yeah. like, kind of sounds different, because we're sitting there, and it's like, I don't know, this sounds like fucking Ministry, or as you're saying, honestly, kind of sounds like Static X a little bit, so it's like, it, alright, it so this, uh, which, that's kind of an interesting take, kind of makes yeah. it... No, I was, I was just saying, yeah. For so, yeah. Do we should we go much into much description on like how much we took? Because like I know this band enough where like they get flack for their kind of stupid shit. But to be <laughs> honest, they're self aware, and whatever I'm sure whatever the fuck they were doing prior, this is way more interesting. Oh, easily. Um, you know, th this is um, what I like. I mean. I, I really like anything. This is probably gonna sound weird. I like anything that's. I don't like anything that's different. I like it. I like hearing different things, but it's gotta be good, you know, for my subjective tastes. And I'll be honest, that sounded pretty good. You know, what it also reminded me of. Have you ever listened to Death Grips? A little. I'm sure, like maybe some Death Grips. Been I have not really listened a, to Death Grips though. They've been around for quite a long time. I thought I they're not a project. I thought they're not a, like a band project anymore. Well, not, uh, they're weird. But my point is, is that they yes, were around Death Grips a is long. Weird. <laughs> they were around a long time ago, and I don't know if they would be considered a legacy act because I don't know exactly how many folks would uh, are taking stuff from Death Grips. But I know that they were cared about. They were given a crap about of enough to where I definitely have heard like bits and pieces. This is th this reminded me a lot of them. Death Grips never was really on the metal side of things, though. They went for kind of like straight up hip hop and noise. And like kind of weird avant-garde crap. Uh, this is kind of like that too. But like I said, with that little bit of like ministry, dancey, industrial thrown in. What I'm trying to get at is, is that uh, I, I, uh, I would actually, I would be honest, I'd give this a hot. Yeah, no, I'm also gonna give it a hot too. I've listened to this band prior and their other tracks. I would give it a not, but I feel like this track's interesting because, like, I had, as I said, yeah. I've listened to them before, but it just sounded like what they were doing was trying to do the tr extreme, like, friggin' soundcloud trap or fucking spotify solo like trap thing like maybe like city morgue or something <laughs> like yeah. they wanted oh, like yeah. they were trying to like kind of like there'd be like a bad knockoff of sitting morgue but this here as i said they sounded more like ministry or fucking static x but in the city morgue era which i'm like you know what? that's pretty interesting i like that that kind of comes off like you know what i like that innovation i feel yeah. i feel it I want to see. So I would give it a hot too. I like this for like I know what they are. They're goofy looking dudes, and like they're totally yeah. like like trying to be like aesthetically crazy. But like musically, it's like you know what? I like this came off interesting. I like yeah, sense no, it where I, it's like there was a little bit of identity. This actually I felt like almost <clears> is related to those people as like like as persons instead of like trying to chase something trendy sound. Like they're trying to do like a trendy modern sound. Yes. But they're also doing something I feel like them themselves grew up listening to, which that never is a bad thing. That honestly makes things kind of cool. And I will give it a hot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I definitely want to uh, I'll tell you what. I definitely want to see where 
these guys go creatively because uh well i guess so now you're a fan of death scythe triple cx but you know what you know what? as soon as i said that like you know i'd give this track a hot the first thing i i thought to myself was i almost wonder if it just you know for people that know me i almost wonder if it's obvious that i walked away liking this because i mean it's no secret that uh, as I said, you, know, you can go fan. listen to their you can go listen to their older songs and see where you think. But yeah, I'm just saying this sound like dudes that were listening to Ministry or Static X, and now they're trying to play Ministry or Static X, but in the fucking like city morgue like era. Yeah, good uh, good song, Jake. Good song, Jake. Okay, so <laughs> uh, this is a good. This actually works as a good segue into um, the first. Yeah, we're not uh, a music podcast. We're potpourri and talk about many things, but we seem like to definitely talk a majority of music. Like this episode specifically has been a lot of talk about music bullshit. Like me doing session work. <laughs> now we're fucking now talking about a little band. Now we're gonna talk more music. We're not a yeah. music straight podcast. We're more right. than that. To any new listeners. No, exactly. And we have yeah, timestamps yeah. if you want to just go straight to our main event. But, but next, let's talk yeah. about something that we do. What do we do? Okay, so if we want to talk about something that is, you know, quirky and innovative and not like other things, we listened to uh, Frank Zappa's, I forgot the year it came out, but Frank Zappa's 1960-something hot Rats, which is a six-song instrumental jazz. Well, that's what it's listed as, but you know, instrumental jazz album. Okay, recommended no. by the book from recommended by the book from Robert Dimery, Thousand and One Albums. Uh, you must hear before you die. Okay, now Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Okay, now here's is- a guy. Here's a guy who was a trailblazer. He's quirky. He's weird. He's a musical virtuoso. He was fighting against Warner Brothers before Prince was even born, sort of. Um, And he was the CEO of doing whatever the hell he felt like. I feel like Frank Zappa is the poster child for uh, for music when it comes to uh, when people say the words uh, underrated or overlooked cult following you know i mean this dude had like 60 some albums and he's inspired an ass load of bands over the last four I years just think 60 albums is a lot to fucking in, like digest yeah. so it's uh, pretty intimidating to kind of <clears throat> get in the frank zappa and i'm sure the album we listened to today from the lord year of our lord 1969 oh nice. it was 69 yeah <laughs> like i don't feel like this reflects all of zappa but i don't think there's yeah. anything that could reflect Frank Zappa. Like, I've heard of Frank Zappa before, but I don't think I've really listened to any of his music unless he's got some hit songs I've heard before. This, I felt like listening to Hot Rats is what I suspected from Zappa. Yeah, see. From the people that like jock Zappa, I'm like, all right, I have a feeling like you go. Sorry, so I was saying that's the weird thing about Zappa. I wouldn't call him mainstream, but he's like not underground either. I mean, obviously he's a very well known name. Well, like just- it depends on like these days. Like I don't think your fucking normal your like nineteen year old isn't gonna talk to me about Frank Zappa unless his parents were aware of it. If they grew up right. musically. Like I knew of Frank Zappa because my dad was from that time period and he talked about Frank Zappa. Especially when we saw like a wix a wax figurine when I was in Japan. When I was a young lad in the Tokyo Tower, in like the Tokyo Tower, like some weird garbage, like wax, 
museum. There's a Frank Zappa <laughs> figurine. So yeah, which he's also in pretty. Tokyo, he's, Japan. Yes. You know what's funny? That makes a lot of sense because okay. Before we get into the track listing, I wrote here a couple times. Some of the songs on this album sounded like JRPG music. And I've actually always felt like um, just, you know, listening to a lot of like old video game soundtracks from like the old Final Fantasies and stuff by, uh, you know, their composer, uh, Nobu Yamatsu. I've actually always felt that like old school, like late 60s, early 70s prog rock is like, was like actually an inspiration for some of that stuff and let me tell you um there's some songs i I just beat persona 5 and there's some songs on this album where i'm just like bro no joke this just sounds like the persona 5 soundtrack like 50 years before no like 55 ish years before it even came out that's nutty so yeah as much as we could talk our heads off trying to like you know map out the fucking J freaking Japan, the music of Japan, the Frank Zappa. I think we should talk about this damn album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the um, so the album opens up with track number one. It's called um, uh, Peaches and Regalia. Uh, so this song right away, um, like this is one of the ones I mentioned where it sounds like it should be on a soundtrack. Uh, I like this song. Um it felt like um, it had a good melody, and I really, I'm always a sucker for a good horn section. It's three minutes in, so it's not too long, and it sets the stage up for the rest of the album pretty good. A lot of good bass playing, too. Uh, it's the 60s, so you could actually still hear the bass guitar. Uh, 7 out of 10. I liked it. Yeah, for me, I wrote down a pretty tight opener with added instruments throughout the song because, as I said, this is kind of a jazz record. So they they usually just, like, build on as, like, it goes. I don't remember too much of, like, freaking, like, pace dynamics or anything like that, but I gave it a 7 out of 10. This was, like, pretty tight. I like, this is, as I said, pretty tight opener. I like where yeah. this is going. Track two is called Willie the Pimp as opposed to uh, Winnie the Pooh. The it's the this is the only song with vocals on it, and it's by some guy who went by the name of Captain Beefheart. Yeah, I thought this wasn't like when we were like getting previewed by the book of a thousand one albums you must hear before you die. They said this was an instrumental album, so I was shocked to hear weird vocals going on. Yeah, also, I was listening to this song, record yeah. while Dylan while good friend Dylan was in the car, so he was uh, going okay. like, "What the fuck we listen to?" I'm like, "Frank Zappa." Oh. Okay. <laughs> do you think Dylan's listen? Do you think Dylan's listen to Frank Zappa? I don't know. It's hard to like. I don't know how much people have listened to Frank Zappa. Is he even still so alive? No, he. No, I think it's his kid. I think uh, it's his kid that like friggin' continues on doing the Zappa thing. Yeah, because he's got like uh, Zappa's got like uh, four kids. It's like it's like I've looked up their names too. It's like it's like there's like Moon and like. Audie or Dottie, they're weird names, but anyway. Well, this is kind of a weird dude, so continuing on. So, continuing so, this, on. so this song is funky, and I have no idea what the, it's actually about, uh, but it's nine minutes of, as I wrote here, weird goodness. Uh, really great, like, like, that's the thing. I have some bones to pick with this album uh, later on, but I that's one thing that's really, there's some really good playing on this album, like, as far as individual musicianship goes, it's pretty badass. And as I'm listening to this song, I, I was um, looking up information about the album. 
And I saw that Frank Zappa somewhere had said he had envisioned the album to be uh, a movie theater for, uh, no, a movie for your ears. And I'm listening to this song, and my first thought was, well, what's the movie supposed to be, a porno? Because that's what this sounds like. But yeah, the players are giving their all and clearly I I summed up my notes here, just jumping ahead to if this song was on Guitar Hero, I would play it for sure. I know the song's probably a little too long, but I still liked it. I gave it another seven. Well, here is the th- all right. So for song two, I wrote down Random Dickery. I guess we got vocals in what, what I thought was an instrumental album, but definitely <laughs> for just a short period. But yeah, there was random dickery with household items going on, like early yeah. on in the song to freaking just add th- like add dynamics. But then it kind of stops into a Zeppelin kind of like groove with just epic long noodling. But it didn't suck. I like the guitars because it's like noodling, but it also is kind of like, you know, talking to you. It's not boring. So I liked it and I gave it seven out seven out of ten. And now I just question you. It's like, bro, what do you suspect? This is a six song, 40 minute album. <laughs> of course, yeah. these songs are going to be long. I felt like right, you could have exactly. mentally prepared yourself for that. I don't know if you were aware of that, but I was aware. I'm like, I know what I'm like, all right. Well, I know what we're no, getting was, into. This is gonna be no, a lot. This is gonna be no, so long. I was long-ness. mentally prepared. No, I was mentally prepared. Um uh, I, I have it mentioned here in my notes, but I'll just say it now. Uh, I like long songs. Um, I don't like gravitate towards them, but my opinion on long songs. And when I mean a long song, I mean something that's more than five minutes. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because uh, because because I like there's some good songs I can name off the top of my head if I wanted to. that are like eight, 10, 12 minutes, uh, you know, and longer. But my thing is, is that when you have a long song, it needs to be like like good like this song this song was good but like if your song if your long song isn't good then it's just bullshit you know what i mean so that that that's always been my thing with long songs it's like if it's gonna be long make sure it's good so track three here is called son of mr green gene let me tell you something green gene this is another nine minute song and i'll be honest this one didn't hook me as much as the prior one actually if i'm being honest when this song started i almost thought for a fraction of a second that this like was the last song still um maybe i'm being too nice i gave this one a six because you know for song three yeah because like man Musicianship is really good, and I like what I'm hearing objectively. So, yeah, I gave this one a six. I didn't like it as much as track two. Well, here's the thing. For me, I like three a lot. I wrote down it as it was just another, uh, it was an upbeat epic. I give it a seven out of ten. Like, part of me is, like, to be justified, like, to be, like, kind of straight and narrow and strict and non-biased, I'll get a seven out of ten. But there's a little bit of, like, a light eight. This could be a light eight for me. Not going to lie. I really like the song. I think there was like a free. I think there might have been some like there might have been a sick group like there were all sick grooves and there were most likely a tight like backing riff that I was pretty stoked for. But come on. We're here to listen to a rocker mix of jazz. So (laughs) as I said, I don't know. It sounds like were you mentally prepared? I don't know. I got. Yes, I was mentally prepared. I listened to Dream Theater. I like and Pink Floyd. I I like long songs. Yeah, but Dream Theater ain't jazz. They got jazz influences, kind of. No, this was dude trying to play jazz. I mean, I like jazz. That's not, you know, so it's nothing against the genre. I'm not doubting you liking jazz, but I'm like, who knows? But for me, I like the song. But 
hey, we're two different people. We got two yeah. different subjective opinions. Ooh, now I'll tell you, track four, Little Umbrellas. Now this right here, I like this song a lot. This sounded like some. Uh, this sounded like the kind of song that plays when like the lonely badass drifts through town, like cold night, hands in the pocket, noir kind of stuff. This is the first. This is actually like the first song on side two. It's three minutes again. It's a nice breather. Um, Oh, excuse me. Yeah, no, I really I really like this one. Um, I gave this one. It's short but sweet. I gave this one another seven. Yeah, for uh, this, we're talking about song four. I just yeah, wrote down, like, balls. you were saying your noir thing. I just wrote down, it's rockers actually trying to attempt to play jazz in tonality, and they're not failing. But are they jazz? But were they, would you say this is pure jazz? I don't know. But that oh no, gonna, this, we're not going to jazz philosophy. But that but like for sure, this sound like rockers, hippie yeah. long hairs trying to like <laughs> freaking lay down some fucking jazz heavy smokers. Yes, heavy dopers. Yeah, because apparently Zappa was a heavy smoker. I mean, listen, if we're gonna weed smoker, if I, if cigarette I, smoker, all smoker, dude. I'm sure he did. Everyone did drugs. A lot of like, people listen. did drugs. I don't know. I don't remember hearing if he did drugs. I just know his opinion on drugs were drugs aren't a problem until the person doing them hurts someone. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say, um, sure. What was I going to say, oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, if we're going to put our snobby musicianship, Fontana, uh, Anthony Fontano glasses on. Yeah. I mean, okay. You can definitely tell that these are very good musicians, but you can definitely tell these are non jazz guys making jazz music. Yeah. I don't think that's a detriment. Well, I, I give the song a seven out of 10. I don't know if I actually like said my rating. You might've. Okay. So Who track knows? Five. there's a lot of bullshit from us right now. <laughs> a lot so of bullshit five. about this damn record, but there's a lot that's like interesting. Oh yeah. All right, Plus, song I like five. talking about music. So song five is okay. Sorry, I'm getting to buy a pizza. So Oh, aren't think, you fucking munching on some grubbins now? I think this is the longest song that we have done on this show. It's just shy of 13 minutes. If you count fucking Rush's twenty one twelve, that was like fucking. Oh right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so this is like the second or third longest song because I also forgot there's a John Schaefer Civil War trilogy. Oh god, that one, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the song's called the Gumbo Variation. Now, um, <clears throat> this song was pretty good. Um. I was about, uh, it, it felt a little more of, um, it kind of felt like more of the same sometimes. Um, I wasn't hating it by any means because I'm like, yo, man, that I don't know if that's Zappa doing all the guitar work, but Homeboy can can shred. Um, and things do change up from like minute five on a bit, but eh, I didn't I, I didn't end up loving this one. Uh, I'm kind of curious, what did you give this? All right, for song five, I wrote down the sax player should practice a little bit. He was sounding a little scratchy, <laughs> but once like the, like the guitars or strings came in, this was kind of rad. I gave it a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't necessarily like. Uh, obviously, I didn't hate it because man, good music. But man, I didn't really love it. I gave this one a six. It was still good, but. I love it. All right. So track, fi- so track five, final track. You mean track uh, six? 
I was just about to correct myself. God damn it. Sorry. Track six. And um, what's the final track? It's called It Must Be a Camel. It Must Be a Camel. Yes. The song track titles are weird. But this is an instrumental album. So who gives a fuck? You just need to know what the fucking song is. So I don't think, I don't know if I would say this is my favorite song on the album, but this is definitely uh, one of my favorite kind of jazz songs where like the music is mellow and chill, but you've just got the drummer and percussion people going ape shit in the background. And I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a mixing thing or an intentional choice. Did the hi-hats seem like especially loud to you? See, I was listening into a car and not in headphones, so I couldn't dissect it mm. too much. Because this thing was song six, they brought back throwing random fucking items at jazz with jazz, <laughs> like rock or jazz going. And I liked that there was like random time change, that there was tight time changes for the song. Yeah. Like literally, I gave all these songs on the six song album a seven out of 10. It's like, oh, it, shoot, to me, did. yeah, for me, it's like, dude, honestly, it's like I liked everything I heard. It was like it was a fun, interesting listening. I came in going, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna get, other than I'm hearing some dude trying to attempt jazz. <laughs> yeah, you know, coincidentally, uh, I gave this one a. Uh, I actually gave this one a seven too. I, uh, I I liked it. I now I don't know if like next time we meet for the podcast, if the first thing I tell you guys is, is uh, I mention is so uh, I kind of just went through Zappa's discography. You're not going through sixty albums in one fucking week. <laughs> no, that's possible. I it look actually that even if I had those days off, that might be impossible. <laughs> but anyway, so for you to actually listen, like. Like be awake for that. No, you couldn't. So uh tallying up my score here out of a possible score at 60, this album scored a 40, which isn't bad. Uh I'm sure someone hearing that, you know, if you do the math, it's like uh, I don't think a 40 out of 40 out of 60. No, that's not bad at all. But I'll tell you, but you know what? Frank Zappa isn't for everyone. He never was. Like even his diehard fans like argue over which of his stuff is good, great, or horrible. I'll tell you this though: uh, great musicianship, and I'm really glad I listened to it to this album this week. I mean, obviously we had to, but what I mean is, I'm glad the book told us to listen to it because this was different, and I liked it. Yes, that was yeah, that was sick. It was different, and I liked it too. It was kind of like unique and challenging. It also like it's great to listen to an artist try do thing, try things. Cause I don't know what's that is Zappa a rocker? Primarily, yeah. So you had a rocker trying to like play like jazz music or try to use theories of jazz to like make something maybe experimental. Cause there was like you know, a lot of rocker noodling, but there was also like taking like jazz. Jazz, like theorize, like taking some theories of jazz, jazz and like tonality and like freaking uh, mentality, but with a rocker, with a rocker. So, like it was yeah, a okay. pretty sick I, listen. I I looked it up because I was curious. Yeah, he 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 broke his teeth and um with a band called the Mothers of Invention, who I have actually heard before. Um, and if you go on their Wikipedia page, genres include. Rock, jazz, and blues, experimental, doo-wop, art rock, and avant-garde. And then Frank Zappa's genres, uh, well, actually, they're pretty much the same thing. Also, in case you care, yeah, his kids' names are 
Moon, Dweezil, Diva, and Ahmet with an H. Well, I will check out friggin' Zappa's mother's or their oh, his, whatever his live album from Fillmore East from the from June 1971. That looks like a pretty chill listen. Maybe an eat like listen to get into some Zappa. Out yeah, why not? How much fucking shit? Because he keeps like putting shit in and out, but I don't know if he was much of a touring man or just making like recording audio. But as I guess he I was know, popular enough for people to like buy his shit. As far as I know, uh, Frank Zappa was a guy that once he started making music, he just didn't stop until he passed away. Yes. And I'm sure he listened to a lot of music or sounds. He liked just noise. And he just did that, which is a pretty cool mentality. And I oh, like, yeah. I kind of, sure. as I said, I gravitated this record. I like this. This wasn't fucking G let me, Love let me and tell Special you. Sauce. That fucking <laughs> thing. Was there something else I didn't give? Well, yeah, it's not like fucking Iced Earth. The only time Iced Earth that didn't blow was like when it was like, oh, hey, you're trying to sound like your heroes a little bit. This is interesting. I can't remember if you hated the Sinead O'Connor album. I think you were just kind of indifferent. I was just indifferent. I'm just like, that one's just like, it's weird. Because I don't know where the fuck is Sinead O'Connor's coming from. I don't, like, if I knew the vibe, maybe. But I don't know the vibe. Right. Other than just Sinead O'Connor being angry. Yeah, before we move angry on, just Angry and of- money. <laughs> She's angry and has money for her art. And, and just to put in perspective, like the kind uh, before we move on to the main event, the kind of bands that and musicians that cite Frank Zappa as an influence are Trent Reznor, Al Jorgensen, Talking Heads, Smashing Pumpkins. I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, do you know that band Fish? Yes, I know about Fish. Yeah, Fish and Primus. Those are some of the bigger acts that are like, oh, yeah, dude, Frank oh, Zappa Only rules. the bigger act, dude. There's like assless people that like Zappa. No, I know, but I'm talking like, of like notable. Me- I'm talking about notable musicians and bands. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about the Zappa record. It's not like unless like you have to be like kind of like like you have to be a little bit like is either you jam music like un like freaking like how do I say you like to play me. You like to play music. You're not like trying mm-hmm. to play music to for some fucking ego boost, some clout, trying to be like a sick freaking band. No, it's like you just like if you're someone that just likes to jam music, try to explore music, try to see what you like. Frank Zappa is pretty interesting. Or you're a music appreciator or you're trying to like do a music appreciation class. Zappa's cool there. But if you're not like that and just casually want to listen to whatever stuff, Zappa might not be for you. You might be just turned from this album. You have to go in trying to challenge yourself how you're going to like listen to this. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was saying he 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 won't be for everybody, but he was he never was. So I've always even though I've never really listened to him that much, I've always respected him on a uh, musician level because, bro, he's a freaking he's he's a true artist. You know what I mean? I'm sure that sounds pretentious, but that's the only way I can describe him. Well, that's kind of how it is when you're like talking about this here. Like Zappa's in that realm of like truly an artist and not much of like a freaking clout chaser. Yeah, but uh, speaking of someone who has clout, okay, well, speaking of, of fucking, reach, well, here if we want to talk about fucking clout or fucking ch- or trend chasers, let's talk about fucking Hollywood and this fucking <laughs> movie. Because today we're here to talk about the meat of the podcast. Since we're now yeah. here, and there are timestamps, so yes, yeah, this is me talking about timestamps. Everyone, we're done talking about music. 
because yes. I feel like, oh God, we're just talking nothing about music. Like there's other, we like other things. I don't want this to be a music-ish podcast. Like only music. <laughs> we like to talk about many things. It's potpourri. We do as we damn well please. As for some reason exactly. today, we were we were we spent a good thirty minutes talking about music bullshit. But now we're here to talk about fucking Jason Statham and Transporter oh, Two, man. which this definitely has a different change in tone from the first one. Not gonna lie. And I remember oh, Transporter Two because I felt like they really pushed this movie back in the day, back in the day when it was coming out. Like this had some oh, yeah, like, advertising support. Like Transporter One was like, you know what? It's kind of like you felt like this was like a European film action movie. This felt like this had money and Hollywood's bullshit. Like it's not a bad thing, but there was kind of a there was like a there was like a change in tone and in pacing and in the vibes. And in and in and in look, feel the choreography was actually pretty similar. Uh, oh, and uh, <laughs> special effects. Definitely, this movie had a budget, and it was definitely different from the first Transporter. Now, oh I God. feel like the first Transporter did well. It was a good movie. It was an interesting movie. Was it the best action movie? Like a big blockbuster? No, but no. it had its charm. This now, movie, this was okay. like a now this movie got now. This is a movie when I thought it was state. If you want state and ridiculousness, this is the movie for you. Like Transporter One, you thought you would get more state and ridiculousness, but it was kind of on a budget. This here was just like, okay, now I'm like, now I'm laughing. This is just dumb. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, you're right. Like, I think last week I said, yeah, last week was the start of all the dumb cool great jason statham nuttiness no no okay that was like Yu-Gi-Oh! season zero this is like actual full-on this is where it started this is jason like, this is statham nuttiness. from the jump like okay it, it, listen we're gonna get into this but just i just need to point out this didn't feel like a sequel to the first transporter i mean yeah he's still frank what's his face and, yes he's still and frank and Inspector Clouseau shows up. Yes, but the French like, Inspector uh, shows up, and they actually say his name in the movie this time. But the like, fuck, I'm gonna remember it. But like, bro, straight up, if this was like a Schwarzenegger deal where it was like, oh, he's basically playing the same character, but the movie's different and the uh, and his name is different, I would have been like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But this did not feel like a sequel to the first Transporter. <laughs> this definitely did not. <laughs> this is like fucking what? <laughs> this is right here. We're like, wait, what? Okay, so this movie starts. I thought I rented the wrong movie on YouTube at first because it opens up at almost the same way with this. You know, there's a car <laughs> where you go like, God lot. fucking damn it! Did I? Bur- <laughs> oh god damn! It, did I accidentally fucking spend like my three dollars <laughs> on the wrong movie, bitch? The only thing that made it so that I knew it wasn't was the fact that there was no cringy Matrix ripoff credit card. Yeah, I wrote down, yay, a not shitty Matrix open as it started. No, this movie this movie just, uh, well, okay. So, boom, here he is, Jason Statham. Same as the first movie. He's in a car. He's going to put in his He's code. not in a car. He's in an Audi, if it fucking <laughs> yeah, matters. Right. I don't know. They definitely show the badge. They showed who's so, sponsoring uh, the movie. Yeah. So that must be why that car is the only one that I think. No, wait, that car did get blown. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, so so he's gonna put in his code when when a sexy looking lady with her breasts almost all but out 
uh, comes up. She's like, can you help fix a flat tire? I have a and flat then, tire. And, oh, and by the way, this actress is not great. Like, and I don't just mean like, like it's oh, like hysterically bad. It's like this is a stereotype bad. Uh, this sounds like they they grabbed a random porn actress who was on the studio and they were like, hey, read these lines. But um, but she's like, he'll fix a flat. And, she, and he's like, no, I have an appointment. Sorry, and then I have she, an appointment. I'm just and then she holds them. And then she holds a gun to his head. And like, she's got like that, you know, this is my first acting role face, but I have to be scary. Where like, she's holding the gun, but her body language is stiff and her eyes are all dead inside. But then out of nowhere, once well, she no, no, does you got that. Hilar- it's like, he says, I don't want to be, be late. And then she just says, well, do you want to be late? Or do you want to be late? Or do you want, or dead? Yeah. Do you want to be late? And I, wrote, and I wrote down this movie's already at a good start. I'm stoked. <laughs> we already got shit like this. Oh, come on. Oh, dude, it's the 80s all over again. So then so then he, he complies. He gets out of the car. Then four big buff black dudes try to get in the car, but they don't have the code. So he and he obviously isn't going to give it to him when they ask. So he gets up. So sorry, they get out and then he. Oh, shit. Sorry, I got confused. He beats their asses is what I meant to write. Yeah, come on. He says to save them. He starts whipping their ass. He like freaking like he like tears apart one of their guns, starts whipping their ass. And then the bimbo lady's trying to hold her gun. And he's just like, I'm like, late. Can you just leave? And she leaves. (laughs) No, but no, you understand. The reason why I pause is because I accidentally typed he eats their asses. (laughs) So he eats. So he eats some ass. He whips some ass. And he scares away the freaking bimbo lady. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and 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 he bemoans. He's like, "I'm light." And it's I'm like, light. "Oh, Jason. Oh, Jason." So now we get shots. I'm sure it was this opening credits or whatever. We get shots. What looks like Miami. And yes, this is Miami. I'm guessing. This is actually Miami this time. The first time we saw the establishing shots in the first movie, I kept, I kept, and I think I mentioned, I'm like, this looks like Miami or some crap. But no, this time it's actually Miami. It's not, it's not, oh, this is actually the French Riviera. So, oh yeah, this was great. Well, I thought it was going to be great. It ended up going nowhere. But there's a credit call. He starts driving and I noticed one of the names and I wrote here in all caps. I'm like, Keith David. Well, yeah, Keith yeah. David's in the movie. Spoiler, and I was and I was and I was stoked because I, I like I like Keith David. I'm like, yo, is this Keith David versus Jason Statham? No, that that doesn't happen at all. No. So so right off the bat, after establishing shots with Miami, what are, are you? What's your bone? What are you? Picking? I have a bone to pick with this movie. Um, the picture. Yes. Now listen. Is it fucking know, gross and or gross and sun orange? I know this was made in the early to like the two thousands. Like we're talking like between two thousand four and ten. And I, for some reason, I don't know why movies did this then, but the movie looks like it was ran through literally a piss colored filter. Like first off, I thought I was this watching like Frank- fucking Bad Boys two here or Bad yeah. Boys. No, the first no, the first Bad Boys. If you go back and watch the first Bad Boys, that movie still looks like good. Like it looks good. So Bad Boys Two is the one with the gross fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that weird like, there's no color filters on it, but it looks like weird and grimy. I don't know. Maybe Bruckheimer had a new 
camera i don't know the point is is yeah and i wrote here because this is what the colors reminded me of i wrote here i get it bro fight club was a good movie but my eyes are straining right now bro yeah so well especially so, when they're doing the miami shots so we got the piss fucking like saturation going and then yeah. like he picks up a, we see statham you think he's a bad hardened criminal with his transporter job no he's picking up a child from school yeah, I thought this was another bank, like the first movie, because it vaguely looked like it. But no, it was a school. A bell rings, and um, it's it's this it's this. Uh, it looks like it's one of those schools with, like dank gothic architecture. And yeah, he's it's a fucking a boarding school for kids have rich parents, and their parents <laughs> are able to pay for some higher education, I guess. Which is actually true because this kid's parents are rich. We don't know exactly what that, it is. Like, yeah, like later on, it's established that his fucking parents are loaded. But whatever. The kid hops into the car and he's driving the kid home. And they're having a fun, adorable banter about homework. And they're playing a guessing game. <laughs> and we get like also shots of boats and yachts. But yeah, just like Jason Statham's like, or it's like, it's like the kids go like, all right, forget, I want to play a game. He's like, no. Have you finished your homework? There's no homework. There's it tomorrow's Saturday. Ah, okay, fine. Let's play this game. Yeah. I'm like, also it's what here. is this? This is holy. This is awesome. Also, it's here that we hear Frank's three new rules. This three is also new the, rules when transporting children. Yeah, this is also the one thing that got semi carried over. It didn't really get carried over from the last movie. It's more just like a callback slash throwback. The rules are respect the driver's car greet the driver and then the last one is just buckle your seat belts i wrote here jason's made a full-on face turn it would seem or he's trying to go clean whatever maybe i don't know he's just here he's transporting a kid home speaking of which they get to so, his house yeah they run to a, a fucking bougie pad oh dude this place looks uh this place looks kind of nice. There's like secret service dudes patrolling. And it turns out uh, once he gets home, the kid's parents are arguing. Jason is a nice guy. He's a good so guy. He's, he's like, make sure he kind of drives past the parents as they're arguing. So the kid doesn't notice that the parents are arguing and stuff. Yeah. So Jack, by the way, that's the kid's name uh, is Jack. His mom comes over, who I think her name was like Audrey or something. And um, uh, oh, yeah. So she it's a Wait, what's up? You go. No, I was just going to say she helps Jack uh, finish the riddle. Yes. The yeah, riddle game was, guessing game. It, it was like uh, it was like um, the hints. I wrote them down. <laughs> the hints were like, I'm like, I am white and round, but light and dark, but not always around. And it ended up being the moon. It ended up being the moon. It ended up being the moon. Uh, they kind of have a light. So once the kid leaves, uh, uh, Audrey and uh, Jason Statham have kind of, a kind of lengthy conversation. And it's through here we find out that the dad is kind of a prick. Yeah, he's and just kind of like he makes a lot of money. But in return, whatever his fucking bullshit job, he's not there to actually forget be much of like in his family life. And it pisses the mom off a little bit. I think I, I think um, I think she said at one point that. um she just casually mentions how they've been separated for a year. Yeah, no, and like the dad just comes off like a total fucking douchebag. And you know, so, like Statham being a cool dude, and like we also find out they established that he's only like been there for like a month, and like the kid's been like taking a liking to Mister State to Mister Statham or friggin' 
Oh fuck, I forgot his fucking like character's name. Frank. 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 <laughs> like Jason Statham does look like a Frank. If I didn't know what his voice sounded like, yeah. And I'll be <laughs> honest, see, he's not trying as hard to do the American accent. He still is doing it, but just barely. Like last movie, he sounded kind of weird because he oh, also that's one other thing I forgot to point out. Uh this movie, uh this movie does a way better job at hiding Jason Statham's height. <laughs> For the most part. For so the yeah. most part. So yeah, after but, he drops yeah. off the kid, we get exposition on why Statham's not doing weird sketchy transportation jobs and like transporting a kid because I guess he's just there for like a favor and stuff and making some cash. We then, yes. I guess, get a shot of a surveillance van and notorious plotting going on because i guess there's like yeah there's like hidden cameras on the lot so like i guess there's people plotting to do something then we see a kempo sparring session which i presume is with oh our main God, villain yeah. and then we show him and i just never got his name well we get his name later but i shall dub him chad chin last time we had <laughs> we last time we have evil shitty goatee but now this time, our bad guy has a Chad chin because you know he's a you know, bad. That's, you you know, no one's good when they have a fucking solid chaw like freaking jawline. Look at that, you know, Chad uh, chin. That's that's better than I came up with. I just kept calling him Fencer, dude, because yeah, it's like you he's said, not fencing. Scene. He's Kempo and he's badass. He's like a samurai <laughs> warrior, but he's a freaking he's a freaking Colombian dude model with a freaking jaw with a jawline for days. Now is he a giga Chad chin? No, but he has a Chad chin. Let's he's be real. A Chad. He hasn't fully. Uh, he hasn't a fully. He's an evil. He has yet. an evil Chad chin. Who's able yes. to do six shit with a friggin' wooden samurai sword? And I'm gonna be honest, I think the Chad Chin is more effectively an evil villain. Uh, yeah, the, like, yeah, you know what likes that? Fuck you. Yeah, you're yeah. like, fuck you. You're more handsome than, than me. Go eat <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm you're a bad guy. See, no, see, I'm a good guy. I don't do evil shit, and I'm ugly. See, only handsome jawline <laughs> men do evil things. <laughs> that's uh that's that's a take that's a that's a take right there but okay so chad chin and then we receive information about he's doing it he has plots for an evil virus what is this movie well, yeah this is weird he goes like in the, the last house movie was a little bit in reality ish i'm like human trafficking yes it's kind of a real thing now we just get a fucking bond villain plot going with this chat this fucking Dude. kempo warrior chad shin evil lad i literally wrote here on my notes i'm like they hand him a briefcase and when he opens the briefcase it looks like they're handing him a nuclear weapon I'm like, wow, the tone of this movie has definitely changed from the first one. And like, all I could do was laugh because I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, Jason Statham went from in the first movie from being poster boy of the Geneva Convention for saving those human traffickies. And now in this one, I'm like, it's, it's like you said, it's like some weird James Blonde plot. <laughs> if the third transporter has mechs, I'm officially going to consider this a canon sequel to Metal Gear. It's not. I don't think there's mechs. But I think it, like we'll see how ridiculous the third one is. So then freaking, we cut. Yeah, oh, we get. I'll just. I'll lead it. We cut sure. to Mr. Statham or Frank as he's trying to order pizza and he's having a fucking issue about talking Brian, about the cheese. 
Can I ask your opinion on this pizza? Listen to this, everybody. It's a premium pizza, but with no mozzarella, but with extra olive and anchovies. Wait, wait, wait. It's like, wait, no mozzarella. What was there? Other cheeses on this pizza? Because mozzarella is. I'm like, mozzarella is the go to for fucking pizzas, period. Like, yeah, you can do other cheeses or jack cheese, but it's like, no. Pizza no, cheese you get is mozzarella. mozzarella. Yeah, it's just like okay, whatever, fine. He's getting no cheese. Fucking whatever. He's Jason Statham. I guess he's got to have a not... fucking sick physique, and like so cheese I... might ruin it. So I thought to myself, so what, is this a vegan pizza? But then there's anchovies, and I'm like, wait a minute, is Frank Jason Statham's character is he on a pescatarian diet? These are questions I need answered. He has a, like extra olives and anchovies. Anchovies. But like the dude's having a hard time getting this. And then the then Jack's mom appears. Okay, so we can go into more detail if you want, but here's the scene. She shows up. She's kind of tipsy. She, she tries to seduce him, but <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say the sentence. But you see, Jason Statham respects women. Yes. So his see, character respects women. Why are we laughing at that? <laughs> I don't know because that's not a bad thing. That's not a dumb thing. But it's just I think it's because just I said the sentence Jason Statham respects women because obviously he respects women in real life. But it's just did you ever think that was a sentence you would say? Well, well, it could be crazier. <laughs> we could talk about how I'm listening to 2000 friggin' WCW where Scott Steiner was like a friggin' baby face before Hulk Hogan <laughs> left the company. And like, he, like out of all like the friggin' crazy <laughs> Scott Steiners where he's like yelling out, yeah, who's ready to do the 69er with Scott Steiner and my freaks and my peaks. They also describe as like, here's the thing. He's very respectful to women when the, the, when his entrance is going, no, when his entrance is going, he's a gentleman. He cracks open the ropes wide and like as bit as much as he can, so the women can get into the ring very easily. And if there's something going down, he politely like t- like friggin' grabs them like gently and like friggin' like scoots them over t- so that they don't get caught in whatever stupid action goes down. And like Scott Steiner or Scott Rick Reichsteiner is kind of a gentleman. Also, like when he before like his early stages of Big Papa Pump, he was a little like you know. I know, shockingly, he was, like, a little uncomfortable doing the, you know, saying ridiculous stuff, but eventually he got into the character with his freaks and his peaks. Oh, he didn't get into the character. He became the character. Okay, I don't know if he's, like, getting too much sex with it. Well, I don't know. He has his fucking workout tape. Listen, where he's I remember. Fucking, <laughs> where he's having, he's using women's, <laughs> he's using women as weights. Yeah, he's just like yeah. I remember my favorite bit from that was when he's trying to do I forget what it's called, but you know the Pearls thing where you sit for down, the girls. Yeah, dude. But no, do you remember when uh, when he what's that one uh, workout machine station where you sit down on the thing, but then you, you the pull down bar? Yeah, yeah. I just my favorite part of that was when he's doing that, and like it was for his weight training video, but he's not giving instructions. He's just he's doing that, and then there's a girl there, and then she says. Come over here and come over here and sell my lap. I need some sex. <laughs> and then she just sits on his lap and straddles him. I'm just like, see, that's the thing. I remember, I remember Brian Alvarez always being like, Scott Steiner's a babyface, but bro, look at him. How do you not cheer that He's guy? He's so lovable. And the best <laughs> is great. when he and the best is when he beat the shit out of fucking Tank Abbott. Oh my god, that's it was that, like that hilarious. Was like it's kind of a hilarious thing. But we're gonna talk about Jason Statham, not Scott yeah, Steiner. And how Jason Statham respects women. Yeah. So he does well, his character in- established that he respects women. 
She yes. like this woman comes in wanting affection and affair from her shitty douchebag husband, but Statham's like, no, this isn't. Yeah. No, no, no. You're drunk. This isn't right. What would Jack think? Yes. Please calm down. I know life's not the best, but don't worry. You can work through this. Yeah, and she's like, uh, and she, and when she leaves, she she makes note to uh, she tells him, uh, um, thank you, Frank. And Owen, thank you for the respect. I think I needed that the most. And then she just leaves. And I just wrote here in my notes, I'm like, what? Hey, Statham gave her, like, you know, Frank or Sta- you know, Jason Statham gave her respect. Also, we forgot this. We forgot to mention that she asked him to take her kid to take Jack to his freaking doctor's appointment tomorrow. Yes, that's important. Like, yeah, well, like um, earlier. So, because the next scene, we see Statham and Jack ar- arrive for his appointment, and then we also see bad guys also arrive too. Yeah, they show up at this kid's hospital, and uh, you know this is an eighties action, uh, action movie throwback because you've got bad guys killing random just, innocent people sure for no go- reason. Are you sure this ain't a goofy two thousands action movie? I'm sure no, it's a goofy two thousands action movie, but it reminds me of an eighties action movie. You got to remember that's what appealed to uh, that's what uh, Jason Statham appealed to a lot of people was like, hey, here's a guy that this is acting great, no, but he's good in action, but he's good at punching people in the face, and he's got good one-liners and charisma so what uh, we see that, bad guys and a lady this blonde yes. lady and yeah, yeah they arrive see, into the doctor's office and they start slaughtering people like they kill a doctor and they kill the receptionist yeah see now you mentioned how you thought you remember seeing this movie heavily advertised i was going to point out this blonde chick was in all the advertising she's on the poster i almost thought she was the main villain but no is she she's on her- the poster or her butt cheeks on the poster <laughs> Let's be real here. I think it was she's, her butt cheeks when I clicked on this damn movie. The point is, she's on the poster. Yes, they established this lady, this hot blonde, this short hair, hot blonde lady with fucking thick eyeliner. Oh, dude, I, I thought she was going to a typo concert. So I just wrote down to describe this character. Her name is Lola. If we want to continue calling her that, we like we don't find out till later in the movie. But in my notes, I have her as stripper assassin. <laughs> what, what what do you have her as? Okay, I was trying to remember, like, because here's the, the thing: na- she's out here trying to slaughter Jason Statham in lingerie. Right. She kind of yeah. comes off as a stripper with submachine guns. Spoiler alert! I was trying I guess. to. I was- I was trying to think of that one gal from that old grind. Well, from that grindhouse throwback movie that had like the M16 assault rifle for a leg. Oh, that's fucking uh, Planet Terror. Right. But I couldn't remember that. So I just kept calling her. So I just kept calling her blonde lady. (laughs) But no. Are you uh, sure you don't want to call her stripper assassin? No, stripper assassin's way better. So, yeah, Jason Statham gets there. Right. And she's posing as the receptionist. And then one of the guys who was there with her, who I guess is Russian because he's speaking in a Russian accent. Dude, there's two Russian lads. Yeah, one that shows up later, but yeah. So 
Satan's able to see through stuff right away. Because here's the thing. They show up. The kid's here to see his regular doctor, but they lie that his regular doctor isn't there. So they're getting another doctor. Mr. Like Because the kid goes like, you're not my usual doctor. Well, no, I am this different doctor. I am Russian doctor. Don't worry. I will help you. Come on in. We'll give you a shot now. And then freaking like Satan's like, all right, I'm going to stand outside while freaking stripper assassin is hanging out, posing as the receptionist. And then we see well, another thug walk by wearing the kid's doctor's coat because like he's because Satan sees through him like, hey, is that his doctor in quotations? Because he's supposed to be out and busy on vacation or whatever their excuse was. So well, Satan sees happened- through sees he's like shenanigans. So what had happened was she said, oh, he was out with the flu. But then when Russian guy shows up, he's like, oh, your doctor got called away on emergency. And Satan's like, the receptionist says she had the flu. He's like, that was the emergency. And he's like, so then, OK. And then we see the guy wearing like the doctor's goes like shenanigans. So then uh, but then while he's out there, Jason gets a call and um, uh, it's from Inspector Clouseau from the last movie. He's here to visit Frank because they're friends. Yes, now, I guess they nice. are friends. He's at the airport and Frank was. Yeah, we forgot to mention he was supposed he like said he had to pick up a friend at the airport when he was asked to like take Jack to his doctor's appointment. This in turn, we have now showed that his friend was the inspector, the French inspector. He has decided to come into Miami, go on a vacation, enjoy Miami Beach. Yes. And Satan so, needs to pick him up, but then he is like, oh, I might recommend getting a cab. He says that now or later. Hard to you say. Know, he, says it, he says it now because now this is where Statham goes on the attack because he knows he knows that someone's being a sussy baka. Yeah, so now Statham's here to whip some ass. Russian fights- dogs not on Statham fucking sick spin kicks, bro. He fights these doctors, which include great highlights like Jason getting thrown through a wall, but then he drops kicks someone through another wall and also stabs a dude in the neck. That's the other thing. Jason Statham's uh, Frank is fights like way more brutally than he unless create. Well, I shouldn't say less creatively, but he's definitely more of like a straight up. Like the first movie, that axe scene that you were talking about, pretty creative scene. Also the oil, oh, yeah. the shirtless oil fight scene. We sort of get something like that later. Yeah, but once. this is kind of like almost straightforward too. Like, yeah. Either yeah. way, he's like and, he is running through walls, and then the stripper assassin whips out her fucking boobs and submachine guns. This is the shot. This is the shot they had in all the trailers where she's on the hall, she strips, but then pulls out the two submachine guns and then starts blasting. I think this is actually something of an iconic scene ish. I guess. I either know. way, freaking like state that like she has guns Statham doesn't but he also realizes we're in a doctor spot I'll use this canister that might explode explode towards her so he kicks out a canister thinking it's Statham but she shoots out a canister and it blows up at her and she like you know runs away because it's like oh hell explosion and then Statham and the kid was able to somewhat escape but then, like, okay, did she use some kind of sonar detection crap, or did she just have good hearing? Because she well, was able to predict she just had good going. hearing. No, that's just okay. Hollywood movie magic, where you because- see sound waves reflect to her hearing and realizes, oh, hey, they're at the elevator. They were able to sneak through. God damn it. Uh, there's also- so many. Yeah, sorry. No, you go. 
I was just say there were so many creative decisions like that that I was scratching my head at, and that's one of them. It's like it's like couldn't you just like turn off the music, just have a quiet, tense moment of like communicating to the audience that she has good hearing, she's able to hear him. No, it's like you said, they've got to go freaking Batman Arkham Detective Vision, and we we see like all these weird, crazy color filters, and then it's like that's why I said it looked like she used some sonar crap because. That's what it looked like. Whatever. They also established that the stripper assassin is a ruthless character. As like one of the thugs gets up and like asks, like, hey, what's going on? Do we need to go get him? And she just kills him on the spot. So she's yeah. bad. She's bad news. Come on. Like, you can't trust she's the stripper. She's a bad guy. Yeah, she's a bad guy. That she's a sexy bad guy. And like you can't trust her. She only so get- wears underwear in public <laughs> while murdering people. Anyway, so they get back to his car, and then Jason. Well, I think wasn't dropping. there a shot that they show as someone attaching a bomb to his car? Uh, was that now or later? I think. Well, here's the thing: later. I wrote down a bomb attached to Statham's car. <laughs> Whatever. He, him and Jack in the car, and they dro- try to drive back to friggin' Jack's Jack's pad. But yeah. we also get the stripper. She comes out with her guns and people are running like, oh, my God, there's a half naked. There's like a freaking almost naked woman and machine guns walking around. And she looks very angry and murdery. Ah, she calls Chad Chin. And now he goes like, all right, time to go to plan B. Ooh. So we we, the audience, see Jack's house where there's a dank ass birthday party. Yeah, happening. this is a fat children's freaking birthday pool party going. The kind that the kind that only the upper crust can put on. Um, yeah, these then, fucking uh, loaded motherfuckers that got bronze tigers on their freaking gates to their freaking <laughs> the gate to their driveway. Oh my god! You know what that reminds me of? Really quick. Speaking of rich people, I forgot. I wanted to mention a story. I have a coworker who kind of comes from money, and he was telling me this this real uh, this would be really short this story about rich people that he knew and it and it kind of just encapsulated how detached from reality they can be like okay so he knew these people and they were trying to set up a trip to go to paris for like a weekend or whatever because they had enough money to where they could just do that so like, all right and, we're gonna go fuck off for three days in paris <laughs> and then freaking the one of the guys he's trying to get a plan together with with the main guy and he and he's like hey so where are we meet are we meeting in this city this hotel or whatever he's like no 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 just 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 come to paris it'll be cool we'll meet up and it's like okay date gates the date gets closer and he's like and apparently he's like okay dude seriously what's the plan uh where do i book my hotel it's like no, 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 just come to Paris. We'll figure it out. It'll be great. And he's saying that with the same gravitas. Like, if you asked me, hey, Ed, let's go chill. Let's let's go chill in town. You want to hit up that Denny's later? It's like, oh, sure. When should we meet? And you're just like, oh, just meet me at the Best Buy, except it's about freaking Paris. Well, you, at least we're establishing a plan. Your fucking boy is trying to ask, yeah, where the fuck am I going in Paris? Just go. Yeah, he's just like, just just go. Actually, I don't even think it was Paris specifically. He was just like, just go to France. Go to France. We might find you somewhere. And you're like, I just I just thought that was the funniest thing. And you're like, cool. I wish I can just go fuck off the France for like a weekend, but no. So Jason I don't come from money. (laughs) You fucking guy. Why are you working at a bookstore? Wait, why is he working at a bookstore? Oh, um, mommy well, and daddy he, don't want to give me money. I spend well, it too much going to Paris. Now I must work well, at Barnes and Noble. 
Well, as far as I could tell, he kind of just grew detached from that life and struck it on his own. But dude's like, actually, I and I always tell him this, he's like overqualified for the job. He's like an English major. He's like taught in schools. I think this is like a transitional period for him. But I'm just like, dude, this guy sounds like he could be a politician. <laughs> and he's wor- and he's working at Barnes & Noble. Hey, he comes in handy when people hey, you know, need help in matter. the philosophy hey, section. Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like, why am I doubting that? No, that's who cares who works at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> you never know. Fuck, dude, he might be the next motherfucking president of the United States, right there, dog. He has the he has the haircut. He has the haircut at the moment, but he also but has yeah, money so. to fix his hair if need be. <laughs> So Jason Statham uh, rolls up to Jack's house, and as soon as he gets there, he gets a call from Chad Chin, and he's basically like, hey, so check it, bro. I've got a freaking sniper rifle trained on this kid's head. Oh, you've got bulletproof glass? Well, check this out. There's a bomb in your car. (laughs) No, he doesn't doesn't say that. That comes later. He tells him that he's like, oh, this bullet is like 7.5. Five two millimeter armor piercing rounds or whatever. Or you know, he could have said there's a fucking bomb. I thought he tells him that there's a bomb under his no, car. No, no, no. What happens later is is that Jason notices there's a bomb under his car, but they force him to get in the car, otherwise they're gonna shoot him. Okay, I might have just like just friggin' just didn't notes and disregard his friggin' conversation. It sounds like you actually paid attention to the conversation where he's like, "Yeah, I'm actually gonna shoot through the." For, like we have a gun powerful enough to shoot through your windows, guy. But I thought he's like, yeah. So we have a bomb under your car, and we'll blow that up without no issues. So here's our here's my stripper assassin. She's gonna hop yeah. in the car. All right, now go drive away. As like the parents are going like, Frank, what are you doing? Satham, why are you so scared to come in? Come on in. And he realizes, but then, and, but then like the mom senses there's trouble, and he's like, well, sorry guys, I gotta bounce. I got this. This scary stripper assassin lady in my car. Time the mob away. And then a cop, then then yeah, freaking cop car chase happens. Yeah. Now the chase is on and this is where I noted, I'm like, man, there's a real increase in production for this chase. The camera's moving faster. The cuts are quicker. There's more shit to destroy. And then at one point I looked down to type these notes and then I'm like, and then it looks like they're on a beach. I'm like, what is this GTA? But then, we get what is, I'm sure, now another iconic scene. Well, there was also the thing, too, where Stripper Assassin's trying to give him directions. He's like, no, if we're going to do this, we could do it my way. Because I'm Jason Statham. <sighs> yeah, he's just, he's just like, we do it your way. We're going to get caught. If I do it my way, we'll make it out of here. Or he says something like that. Basically. But, <clears throat> but yeah, now we do the scene where... Also I'm wrote down, sure- yes, the music score isn't awkward here. Yeah, I I wrote that. I noticed that later. I put in my notes, but yeah, the uh, the I wrote here the chase music isn't dumb now. Well, I thought it was fine in the last movie because, like I said, it gave me Need for Speed vibes. But this one is like more conventionally exciting. Yeah, I I, I think now. I could be wrong, but sometimes filmmakers actually like to do things like this because art. I think the cool, calm, collected nature of the soundtrack in the last one was meant to rep because that's what Jason Statham was. He was cool, calm, and collected. You know, he wasn't a he wasn't Roy Rage machine gun shooting people. You know, he's uh he's not he, a he's freaking a, rampager. Yeah, he's a tactician. I think that was meant to represent his state of mind. Well, not this movie, because here he's driving <laughs> off a park. Here's the thing. This car, this cop chase ends when he flies off a parking structure into a building under construction, and he's able to break just in time before the car falls, almost falls off on the other side. Almost. It doesn't. Yeah. 
I was gonna say I think this is a now iconic scene, and I say that because I've seen this scene. I'm a, like, dude, this movie is ridiculous. Dude, this is a fucking Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, no, no, it was. no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. The Fast and Furious movies weren't this ridiculous. Not yet. No, like it took him like it fucking took him the next decade to do it. When, but this movie when, uh, was when, like, dude, this movie was ridiculous in like the mid two thousands. You're like, when bro, this movie what came the out. Fuck? When this movie came out, was the Fast and Furious franchise on Tokyo Drift? They might have been there. They're getting there. In Tokyo Drift, wasn't a we- wasn't a wild movie. Yeah, even like, dude, like no, like even like the soft reboot movie wasn't like that crazy. Like there's like yeah. one wild scene, but they don't get to the point where it's like, oh hey, so I'm just gonna fly from this car to the state. I'm just gonna use this car to launch me so I can catch Letty in midair from like the other from like from like one side of the freeway onto the other side of the freeway and my body will just be able to like handle like a car running into me. So Bro, yeah. is is Transporter 2 specifically but are, they, are these Transporter movies like were these movies groundbreaking or there's something whatever. So after like Satham's able to get away from like launching his car from one parking structure to another and yeah. he's still driving on the roofs of buildings cuz we see a homeless yeah. man try to get like a try to drink some liquor and then he just see a car just like cruising above him and he's like eh, maybe I shouldn't drink some maybe I mean, maybe I should stop drinking I think I might have enough we see the cops yeah. we see the police are at the kids pad now talking to the parents and then you're like yeah Keith David is here cool and I'm like yeah, so yeah this did. movie is awesome pretty stoke so Jason drives to a dock where he comes face he dri- to face yeah he drives to some boatyard where he um, comes to okay, face with okay, the evil Chad Chin. Okay, so that was a term. I forgot that boatyard was a term. Okay, but anyway. Oh, but not before uh, 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 stripper assassin uh, licks his face. She just full just licks his face. She goes like, "Yeah." So if this was, so if this was like another like another time, yeah. another place, the pleasure we could have. And I thought she was the just gonna lick his we lip. Yeah. And I thought she was just going to like lick his lips to be sexy, but no, she licks him from like chin to forehead and Jason Statham does just to not be have... awkward, menacing and sexy. It's this not even was his hair. They try, to achieve, they try to achieve something here with like the it wasn't stripper even assassin. His hair. She licked him to like his hairline. Yes. She just decided <laughs> to lick his whole face from chin to hairline. But yeah, so he comes face to face with Chad Shim, who I have to say, he unveils probably his... a better. He's probably a better villain than Rich Deuce from the last movie. Yeah. Rich Deuce was like some kind of villain, but he was like. Not even the main villain. The main villain was like the was like the lady's was like the kidnappy's dad. Yeah, yeah. That's Here right. we know he, he is the villain, there. and he unveils his ransom plan as friggin' he tells that his dad is loaded because he is because his dad I guess is a friggin' just became famous for something and has a friggin' he's uh, worth a hundred million dollars. Yes, whatever. Like yeah, he's over a he's worth a, over a hundred million dollars and wants five million of it so that he can have. It's basically he will accept five million dollars to give his kid back. And he's like, he's like, here's how it works. If you are 10 minutes late, I send a finger. 20, I send a hand. 30, I yeah. send a foot. Yeah, because he has like and a I- couple hours. <laughs> yeah, because they has like, you have two hours to freaking give me the money, or I start sending body parts of your kid. I'm evil when I here- have a chat. I'm a handsome lad with a chad chin. So you know I I'm evil. Here- I wrote here, I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't screw around. And then he tells Statham to bounce. And as Statham, yeah, no, and this is where Statham sees that there's a bomb. And he's like, oh, I need to do something about this. Okay, listen. 
right. This this next scene that happens, Which... I almost crap myself. <laughs> <laughs> So here's what happened. This this goddamn Jason Statham, he he's driving his car down the boatyard really really fast because he realizes there's a bomb on his car and they might blow him up. And he finds a ramp, some ramp like structure, to which he is able to launch himself off of. Now listen, adjacent to the ramp is a crane with a hook. So what Jason Dan Statham does, he launches himself off the ramp, he turns his car to He's the right. He's flipping his car in midair. So that the hook can catch the bomb. Knock it off his car. The hook it- catches the bomb, the bomb explodes, and then the explosion rotates, the force rotates Jason's car Back center, and he for the record, he looks like he doesn't look like he's flying a car. He looks like he's like piloting the the freaking DeLorean, and then he lands perfectly on his tires. I I rewound that scene like four times. It, it, this was like <laughs> this movie's ridiculous. Now this was iconic because it comes so out of nowhere. Like there's some stuff earlier in the movie. <laughs> you weren't where you is... weren't aware. Well, I was sitting there, I was like, okay, he's got a bomb under his car. Well, what's he gonna do? And I'm like, oh god, he's just gonna do some ridiculous thing. Yep, there goes the car. It's getting like, he's kick flipping the car up in the air. Look at that, he's able to perfectly get the bomb to hit that hook, and now he's lot the bomb explodes and his car just lands perfect. Look at that. The fucking like, Jason Statham movie. This is the Jason Statham movie I thought I was suspecting. The first like, one bro, was pretty uh, tame. This we're getting like, what the fuck's going on? Evil like, Chachin gentlemen, stripper sure? assassins, <laughs> and fucking Tony Hawk tricks and fucking Audis. What is next? <laughs> bro, are we sure that the, that the train that this isn't just his character from like Hobbs and Shaw? And this isn't the Fast and Furious universe. I'm, I couldn't tell you. I think you. this is the Fast and Furious universe. This might be a fucking Hobbs here. No, no, no. Hobbs was fucking The Rock. No. Yeah, this yeah, is fucking this is Shaw. Shaw. This is motherfucking Shaw here. Oh, my God. Don't get it fucking twisted. He had a he had a name change after all his messing around with the black market dudes. So Frank he had Shaw. his name changed to Shaw. He had his name changed to Shaw so that he could pal around with The Rock and punch Vin Diesel. So whether Satan then calls the cops... And yeah. he like tells him about the situation. I think he calls the cops or freaking he calls like Jack's mom. Whatever. But the cops are like, we need to hunt you down. You drove the kid away. And he's like, well, I can't do that. I want to save this kid. And I'm not going to jail. Fuck you guys. So he bounces out. Then he calls his inspector. He calls his inspector telling him like, hey, you're at my pad, right? Yeah, I'm chilling. You might want to leave. What makes you say that? And the inspector and looks then all of us. And then all of a sudden, do, 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 FBI, open up! Oh, that's not French at all. Yeah, the cops storm his house and arrest him. So yeah, then we get, then we see the inspector is being interrogated. He's talking to this dude, and he's like, I guess they gave him a sandwich, and you're like, you call this a f- sandwich? Because then he starts talking about cooking, because he's French. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, is this the only character we establish? He's French. He likes quality food. Yeah, which is really weird to me for two reasons. One, because it starts off with with he starts insulting the sandwich, and in, but before well, that, it was they were a like, sad, pathetic looking sandwich. <laughs> it was bologna and cheese. 
Come on, he's French. He's Grog like, Bedaz. But like, but like, they asked him, like, what were you doing cooking in his house? He's like, I'm French. You're not, are you friends with this guy? No, but you know how it goes when we know someone, we cook for them, you know? Which is really weird that they like dumped him down to this because like, and he wasn't a developed character in the first movie, but like, he was kind he of a chillish. Yeah, he was kind of a, this. Hey, you can, hey, don't worry. I'll, no spoiler, you'll see him again in the third movie. He's kind of an established character oh. for these series. Good. So, uh, so I'll let you that, judge how he is in that movie. Oh, but for yeah. in this movie, fucking so, state them as fucking both the bad boys, I guess. Well, more of a criminal, superhero criminal that's able to do kickflips with his fucking yeah. car. Do, what'd you do with Dewey, Tony Hawk tricks and Audis? So whatever. Statham goes back to the scene of the crime at the doctor's office. And the, he just randomly hacks some security footage. Because, of course, he can do that. Screw you. He's well, Jason he just Statham. went to the security footage and just jacked the fucking tape. That's all he had to do. So the next thing, the next thing this is I 2006, know, not 2022, where you have true. to use where people now have fucking fingerprint bullshit on their laptops to get shit. No, they still use hardware back then, bro. Yeah, they, they didn't have biometrics back then. Yeah, bro. So, um, so then the next thing I know, he's on top of an elevator. He's not in an elevator. He's on top of an elevator going up to the kid's hospital that got all blown up. Once he's or the kid's doctor, once he's inside, he finds the syringe that the Russian wanted to stick uh, Jack with. But then he gets held up by the police who randomly show up. But screw you. This is Jason Statham. So he, he fights fucking. Cops. Yeah. So he starts fighting the cops. I'm telling you, this just sounds like an anti-hero version of a GTA. Character. Now, here's the thing. Does he's the syringe on... get shot here? I'm trying to remember it was here or later. I don't think it gets shot here. Whatever. Because he has it later. Yeah, but yeah. So um, then we see, uh, but th then we cut to a sniper watching um, Mr. Billing, who yeah, their name Billings, which I think is supposed to be a joke, like dollar bills or whatever. He's getting the money ready for the ransom, and he's going to stash it in a car, uh, the trunk of a car. And then we see the inspect. This is where we see the inspector dudes giving the cops a cooking lesson. I don't know what they were cooking, but bro, straight well, up, for sure he had a, nice. Yes, he had a full on, yeah, he had a full on spread going, and he was making some creme brulee for these like gentlemen. And that what a yeah. fuck am I? Yeah, I just wrote an inspector in his cooking masterclass, and then Stephen calls <laughs> him, and it's like, hey, can you like help me figure out information on this Russian thug? He's like, all right, I'll sneak away. Let me find a computer. Starts going on the computer. I was like, all right, this is the name of the Russian thug, and here's his address. Go there. All right, cool. I'm gonna go there. Thanks. All right. That really was the scene. Also, I guess he can just uh, hack police terminals now. Maybe I don't know. He's so just Jason, like, Park oh, I just he just found a dude. He just well, he's in a police station. Maybe yeah. there wasn't really much of a password. But either way, Statham makes his freaking house call rampage on this guy. Yeah, he catches him as he's trying to get a uh, pack up and get away. Then the then the Russian sees Jason. Looks like he's seen the Reaper himself and runs away. Dude, this is actually a pretty lengthy friggin' foot chase. Yeah, because they're like in an. Apartment, I wasn't suspecting this. I thought I was like, all right, he's gonna catch him soon. No, he has to catch him now. Holy no. shit, this keeps going. It goes a while. Yeah, I first didn't get thing, all the information where they all ran through because they run through the thing, house. Yeah, they run to the house and they run. It's one of those old apartments. Yeah, where they, they run. Have like, yeah, they're like running on the streets where the dude runs somewhere. And then freaking there was a sick thing where Statham runs up a truck to get to uh, like a moving truck to jump onto <laughs> a bridge to catch up with them. Now they're running through a mall. 
Then they get jet skis. Okay, so here's what happens. So the Russian guy is recreating that bit from that one Dirty Harry movie where he jumps on a school bus. Jason, on the other hand, he jumps from a building. He descends down an American flag, lands... (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get the glorious American flag in the shot. Lands perfectly on a woman's... uh, I I wrote them as a Zoomer. Is that what these are, too? Well, whatever. He rode on a fucking jet ski. Yeah, yeah, he lands perfectly on a jet ski without destroying his nuts. Then he grabs the woman by the hips, flips her over him perfectly. But not off the jet ski, just right behind yeah. him. And then and he then starts her, mobbing this jet ski to chase after this Russian this Russian. And her thug. boyfriend gets pissed and chases him too. And then she yells at him, what are you doing? And he goes, trying to catch a bus. <laughs> That's right. He's fucking mobbing on a jet ski to catch up to this fucking school bus that has this Russian thug and old people in there. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, he's but, an but, easy action here. Yeah, literally, he fucking jumps the jet ski, launching it out of the water off some makeshift ramp that just happens to be there, is able to freaking fly onto the freaking like freeway that this freaking bus is on. The jet ski is able just to slide close enough to it where Satan jumps off, hops into the bus, whips this dog's ass, and then puts the needle puts a needle in him. Which no yeah. no no, the needle did get shot. It had to be shot at the freaking doctor's office because here he like injected water in him, and the Russian dude is freaking the fuck out because he knows he thinks he's got injected with the virus. And then he's running off, and then Statham is just stalking him so he can see where he's going to go because he got injected with this virus now. Quotation marks. <laughs> okay, so this next bit is weird. So, or it seemed weird at the time. Now it makes sense. But so we're at the house with the, with the billings. No one's come for the money yet, and everyone is nervous. Audrey, the house acts- or the freaking like the vehicle where he dropped oh, the, the vehicle, but the vehicle's at the house. Audrey, I thought it was at some park. No, I thought it was right outside their house. Well, whatever. Then Audrey drops the bomb that she's we forgot to mention. Uh, Jason actually called her earlier. Yes, and it's kind of hard to say. I didn't have it written down in my notes either. So, oopsie poopsie. But, uh, no, I, I I had my I had it on mine, but we moved past it, and I just forgot to bring it up. Yeah, I kind of so, forgot that too. So no one, so that's happened. She accidentally drops the bomb that she's been in contact with Frank, and Rich the cops was like, "Well, he's kind of a criminal right now. Are you sure you should be talking to Frank? Talking to Mister Frank? He might he might be in cahoots with the evil Chachin lad." But then they just like find the kid. The cops do. Yeah, so they go to this armored car. And they're like, they're trying to get it open. And she, there's a scene where she's pissed at everyone. She pisses like, at her husband. Come on, fucking kids David. right there. Hurry the fuck up. Sorry, we don't know if there's explosions or bad guys in the thing. We're going to send in a bomb robot. The bomb he, robot t- tips over. And then the mom just says, fuck it. I don't care. She starts running out, out to the freaking freaking box truck. People are trying kinda, to stop her, but no one's yeah. able to as she gets to the box truck. And hey, it's just Jack. And you're like, oh, hey, I guess no shenanigans here. Jacks or are there? Dun, are, dun, dun. Whatever. Then we get the happy scene where the parents are like all stoked, like, yay, we got our fucking kid back. Thank God he's all safe and shit. Meanwhile, Chad Shin's watching on a camera in the truck and he's just like, breathe. 
breathe. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's just it. And then, and then, and yes, then, uh, we just, yeah, sure. that's, I guess what it is. It's just like, we see a happy family reunion and then we have evil Chad Shin just going there, just breathe. <laughs> breathe. Yeah. I have an evil Chad Shin, so breathe. This is my evil plan. <laughs> breathe. So then Jason follows Russian guy to what looked like some weird, like, underground, like, I don't know, medical place or whatever. Yeah, some, like, just makeshift medical spot. And people that don't look like they, people that look like our good friend Dylan right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And well, then, okay, um, Dylan isn't looking that bad, but we've seen Dylan Jason have better days. Jason gets in another mini boss fight because actually this is yes. a boss fight because we forgot to mention as part of Chad Shin's entourage there was a big there was there was a big scurry black man thick black man that was with them I guess it's heavy the, yeah yeah and this is the guy that ambushes Jason what do you think of this little fight yeah no this is kind of a fucking trip hold it I'm just trying to get where my notes yeah because like freaking Statham stalks the Russian goon. And then Statham runs into the heavy goon with dreads. They have a fight where they're like fighting on a boat that's like set up for repairs. So it's like, you know, a boat that's not in the water. There's a point where Statham br breaks a coconut and starts using that as boxing gloves. Okay, I thought that I was going to ask you. He had his hands in like they they almost. Okay, do you remember when we were kids and they had those like little red and blue inflatable boxing gloves? They weren't boxing gloves, but they were circular shape. So yeah, that's what I, it looked like. Yeah, so he punches his hand through coconuts and starts using them as boxing gloves, and then he starts chasing. Like I don't know if Statham ran into the boat or he's being chased down with the dude in the dreads, but they're now fighting in a boat that's like set up for repairs. But like the structure that's on starts falling apart, and then Statham's able to jump out while like the big heavy goons like stuck through the window to be crushed by this falling boat. Yeah, that was kind of a brutal way to go. Yeah, it was kind of a brutal death. Yeah, it was kind of a brutal death. But yeah, no, Statham had a boss fight here. Then, Meanwhile, what? No, you go. Yeah, no, say then Russian man is with another Russian man and some other guy. He's like, give me the antidote. Oh, Please give me the antidote. Know. I got stabbed with it. Oh, you did? Oh, calm down. You know nothing's going to happen in this certain amount of time period. You made it. Lol. And yeah. then Statham jumps, like, appears and then freaking, like... Now we get exposition on a super virus. Yeah, he's like, well, because what it, it was actually kind of interesting because he's like, how much of antidotes left? He's like, well, enough for me and enough for this guy, the other Russian guy. So then Russian guy shoots the other Russian guy. And he's like, his 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 deal expired or whatever. Yeah. So so then Jason shows up and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, by the way, I've injected you with water. He's like, oh, but it doesn't matter anyway. Well, he once did, he tries it didn't to yeah, it didn't matter. He gave exposition what the virus was because Statham was trying to investigate that. So either way, there's a moment where like freaking, uh, I guess like the freaking cute, like the freaking antidotes got thrown out the window and Statham just full on just jumps out the window, try to grab these and then lands on a taxi. He like jumps out <laughs> of a four story window <laughs> and just miraculously lands on a taxi. <laughs> Then we get a pretty tense scene where he's trying to like grab these antidotes in traffic because they're just oh, like splitting, yeah, just rolling around. He grabs one this of was, them, but it's yeah. broken, so it's gone. But he was able to find another one, and he just basically baseball slides right to grab it as a, tr a giant freaking truck is just stopping times so did not crush his hand. Pretty you, you tense scene. 
you missed maybe the best the best bit was where he when he went to grab that first one there were two cars coming at him and it was going to be an almost head-on collision but then jason statham jumps up into the air and does like almost almost does a david lee roth split in yeah the he, air. so he does a splits jump and like and he lands perfectly on the cars as they collide and he's fine yeah. Listen, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and I don't know if this is a hot take or a new idea, bro. Jason Statham's a badass. <laughs> it's like this movie is pretty ridiculous, dude. We've been talking about this movie a lot. I think we started. My uh, notes man. said we started it at 47 minutes. Started like transitioning into talking about this movie, and we are now an hour and 42 minutes in, and we're not even done yet. Oh man. So then uh then he has to leap across car. Oh wait, no, you mentioned that. Okay, okay, okay. So then um then we get a scene of him walking in the rain, it looks like, to his car. He rips off his shirt for no reason and grabs some weapons. Then back with the boy and his parents, the boy seems sickly. Uh-oh. Yeah, like the, the like the free like no, all of them look kind of freaking gross and sick. Yeah, so the dad has to leave for a conference, and she's got guards protecting her. And I forgot to mention, uh, when the guy explains what the virus is to Jason, basically what it is is it's um, you have the virus. Once it goes active, anyone that breathes the air you're in gets sick. And my thought was, what is this, the freaking COVID virus? Well, this fucking COVID virus works hella fast then. <laughs> so um, so he has to leave for the, yeah. No, you go. So he's leaving for the conference. Jason sneaks in the house to tell her. And I don't know why I laughed. Why? This, li- this line made me laugh. It wasn't badly acted or badly written. But she, but he's, but he's, she's like, no, no, no. It's okay. Jack's fine. He's like, listen to me. Your son's been infected with a deadly virus. <laughs> it's the Statham voice. <laughs> and it's just like, I heard Jason Statham say that. <laughs> To a woman about her son. It's a completely serious line, completely serious delivery and scene. But it's the it's the yeah, it's just well, it's the fucking with a deadly voice. virus. <laughs> what was that? Wait, 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 say that again. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was uh, so literally uh, he's uh, like, you know, Satan is like a person is like a presumed criminal, sneaks into this bougie pad with security yeah. all over the place, was able to talk he, to the mom and it establishes and that her, like, oh hey, we got our kid back, everything's good. Like, no. he's like, and, and he says, your son's been infected with a deadly virus. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> like, there's nothing funny about that scene, but it's I couldn't help but laugh. It's a fucking voice. You can't, because we always be in that voice. It's like, oh, I have my fucking man. arm torn off, and I put it back in my fucking, the fucking with arm. arm. With this fucking arm. Where'd you Just get this every- suit? I fucking made it. Comes in, <laughs> your son- God damn it. Your son's been injected. Damn it. I just fucking spit on my fucking pop filter. Your son's been infected with a deadly virus. (laughs) There's nothing funny about it, but it's great. (laughs) It's this fucking voice. God damn it. I had sex with Amy Smart. Also, (laughs) also, yes. God damn it. I can't fucking do it. Let's just fucking move on. Okay, so a, so after so after he informs the mother that her son is in fact infected with a deadly virus, <laughs> she's he's um with a deadly virus. He administers the cure to the kid, but he does not give the cure to her to her or himself because he only has the one. I think it was only right. meant for one body. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. 
Sure. So then he has so then he has to make his escape, but not before whooping the asses of some guards. Yes. Then the next we have a problem because Jefferson, again, that's the guy's name, Jefferson. He's at the conference now and he's looking kind of coffee. Yeah, and he's Audrey looking just like not too bad. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he rides to the conference and he has a total Dylan cough. Oh, geez. You should have been when we were having hot oh, chicken God. earlier in the restaurant. Just literally like Dylan was eating like some of the, like the spice fries and you're just getting good. <laughs> Oh god. Like loud in the restaurant, just like Jesus Christ. People think he's fucking dying over here. But then uh but then Jason, uh, sorry, but then but then she says uh no, she's trying to tell him, "Hey, I spoke to Frank. Uh he told us our son's been infected with a deadly virus." Yeah, and he's and, like, um, "Okay, cool. I got to make this conference real quick. Hold on." No, he well, he can't even hear her because she keeps cutting out cuz he's like underground ish or yeah. something. So, but shitty, then he, yeah, shitty cell reception. How convenient for the plot. Hey, I need to tell you, we've been infected with something nasty. Sorry, what? I can't hear you. I'm in these underground tunnels about to give a speech on television. Okay, cool. Yeah. Love you. Bye. So she's looking more and more sick by the minute. He collapses during the talk. And then the, and then other dudes start collapsing as he, as they're taking him out. And I'm like, and I wrote here, I'm like, damn, not gonna lie, the stakes feel pretty high right now. Yeah. But that's what matter to Jason Yeah, Statham. there's a super virus going. So, but that's what matter to Jason Statham. He's on his way to the bad guy's estate where he just got done with a night of uh where Chad Chin just got done with a night of passion with the blonde lady. Yeah, just Chad Chin had hot freaky sex with the stripper assassin. <laughs> Because he's evil and she's evil, but they're lovers, so they're promiscuous and they have sex. Yeah, see, Jason Statham's a good person. Yeah, he good doesn't have sex have in this sex. movie. He had sex in the last movie just for some random reason. Hey, we stuck into a house and now you're showing me your boobies. Okay, let's have intercourse, sexual intercourse now. Because she was like, this is also, my your way son of has been injected you. with a deadly virus. <laughs> your son's been injected with a deadly virus. <laughs> that voice, man. You're like, you can imagine the face too. Yeah, just that completely serious face. It's just your son's been infected with a deadly virus. Like, oh man. But yeah, so his so Chad this guy is insane. So, yeah, so Chad Chin, plan, so Chad Chin realizes what'd be the best way for me to transport this antidote off off seas to sell off to people for big profit. Hmm. I have oh, an I idea. Know. I'm going to inject the antidote into my freaking bloodstream, dog. Cool. And then, like, yeah, the, yeah, the stripper assassin comes out like, cool, that's hot. And then, yeah, freaking Statham appears through the wall with a taxi. He just crashes through. And then there's a huge weapons fight with every thug, with every thug I guess, getting landed in the dumpster. Well, because what happened was... Yeah, tell he, me what goes he, on. He blasts into the estate with some random cab driver, and then he goes. There's a nearby hole there, but these dumbasses that were shooting at him, because one guy's like, "Hey, you guys, got any more rounds?" Like, no, no. no this out. is why I said it was a random weapon fight, because all these thugs comes out with bats, swords, axes, medieval weaponry, chains, guns. Just you name it. It's like, what the fuck? How did, why does this whole estate have this shit? What is this evil Chad shit? He's like, literally, dude, this guy's coming off like the fucking Merovingian in his fucking chateau in the Matrix. Like, that oh dude, God. I believe, had a bunch of random medieval weaponry in his pad. But this guy, why? 
This is Miami. Whatever. Listen, fuck it. You listen, can make a zone you, house his own way. If you had insane amounts of f off money, would you not buy a bunch of random weapons? Well, just if to I have was a, if I was a handsome Colombian man, just a, to have around. Well, if I was a handsome Colombian man with a great with a great jawline, with fuck off money and plans to friggin' give the world a shitty fucking virus, <laughs> sure, I would give my thugs nice weapons because I support my thugs. Socialism. <laughs> Okay, so so uh, this fight's kind of uh, pretty fun. I think the most notable part is, is that when, he starts in, using a fucking fire hose. Yes, and he's and, like fighting off medieval weapon thugs with a fire hose and doing sick sick shit. The choreography admit, here reminded me a lot of the choreography from Romeo Must Die. Are you sure this ain't a Jackie Chan movie? There's a little bit of Jackie Chan nonsense going on. But there, there was prop fighting. No, it, because in every Jackie Chan movie, because Jackie Chan was always about, oh, I have to remind people that this stuff is dangerous and also be haha funny. If this was a Jackie Chan movie, Jason Statham would have been would have accidentally hit it, hit himself with a weapon by accident, or when he punched someone, he would have gone, ow. That's what Jackie Chan always did. He's always like he would he would always like be like oh he got hurt or he would always like accidentally hit himself with with like a weapon or something because uh, that that's what he did. No, this is like a Jet Li movie because this dude's untouchable and he's doing all this weird like like akimbo shit with this hose and then he turns the hose on and the big fire hose got so wrapped up in everybody it it sends dudes flying it, it sent it, it like pulled one dude into the darkness like the freaking tentacle scene from spider-man 2 yep it was it was it was madness this that this was i don't know if it was like the best fight it's a pretty good it's fight. a pretty memorable fight with this fire hose when you think about it, it's like oh dude it's pretty clever how he just kept now, on using again, it to deflect weapons wrap dudes up and then ends off firing the hose where it expands out and dudes are just flying in every goddamn direction that they can now if i'm being if i'm probably being unfair i don't know if it's as creative as the grease fight in the first movie i feel like it's I, pretty see, good here's the thing i remember the grease fight though i have a feeling the grease fight is more memorable this i feel like could, you'd say is more spectacular but the grease fight yeah. i i'm gonna remember that forever i totally oh, yeah. forgot about this hose fight but here's oh, the thing man. about the first transporter movie they actually made value out of those scenes that you actually remember a lot well, of shit yeah. happened in this movie, and I kind of totally forgot. Except maybe him doing yeah. a kickflip with the fucking car and the bomb. But even then, that's kind of buried with some other bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's great. That gave me such a laugh when I saw that. That made me laugh harder than last week when you told me Dream Theater was pissed that more women don't go to their concerts. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so after that, um, he finally comes face-to-face -face again with Chadchen, and Statham's like, you know, what's your state in this? What's your stake in this? And he's just like, no, it's a job. It's like, that's job. it. He he just... Uh, it's a job got, and I'm evil. Yeah, he got paid by the Colombian... Literally, his own words, the Colombian cocaine cartel. He <laughs> said, I'm a, a man... random... Just like, yeah, you know, that Colombian cocaine cartel. Yeah, I've been paid Colombian by them. Colombian you know the ones. Cartel. Yeah, you know yeah. the ones. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. cartel. Yeah, just the, the cartel. That Colombian cocaine cartel. The Colombian-specific cocaine product cartel. But either way, <laughs> after he explains his plans, 
He like also say I have the antidote in my body. Ha ha ha. Fuck you. I'm about to leave. Statham now has a showdown with the stripper assassin, which I yeah, guess they also had a pretty sick freaking like fight on like these damn like like gymnastic curtain bullshit things where they're like, yeah, okay, where they're, so like sw- they had a sick swinging fight. I guess yeah, it was interesting because there's a lot of like acrobatics. But then at one point, yeah, she's just swinging along with these big pearl curtain chains like she's freaking Tarzan in a Prince music video. But then like Jason just randomly kicks her and she gets impaled on like this random ass piece of art. Yeah, that's like spiked piece of art. It was like, oh, hey, convenient for this person to like gracefully die. I'm like, now, listen, I don't mean to be unfair here, but listen, when 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 movies do stuff like this, they usually at least have an establishing shot showing what it is and where. I don't recall a single frame of this movie where that thing was shown. This is this is definitely well, I'm not. not rewi- I'm not going back through the movie again with every shot with evil Chad Shin to go like, all right, a- they established <laughs> for foreshadowing that the stripper assassin is going to be dying on that art piece right there. Now, listen, I get it. I don't it, think okay? so. I think no. they just like, oh, hey, they just had this here. How are we going to kill this person? I don't know. Have this person swing around like fucking Tarzan, and then Statham's going to do a sick fucking like spin kick, and she's going to fly and get impaled into this thing. Now, listen, off I camera. Get it, okay. Now, listen, I get it. Okay. Not every movie is going to be Enter the Dragon, like at the end where oh, where um the freaking, uh, what's that guy's name? Han, I think, where he tries to stab Bruce Lee with the spear, but then it's lodged in the wall, and then like. The movie makes sure you remember that's there. So when he gets killed on it, you're like, oh, right. That was right there. No, she just randomly gets impaled on some bull crap. Well, then next is like, all right, freaking Chachin like gets into his fucking helicopter and he starts cruising over Miami. And then freaking Jason Statham hops into his fucking like (laughs) this Lamborghini and just starts mobbing through the streets of fucking like Miami. Like literally he's keeping, he's, he is like somewhat keeping up with this damn helicopter. At least the shots. No, it's so funny because then there's like, they show like a shot of a news broadcast of like, Oh, Hey, there's a car. There is a, there's a freaking cop car chasing going on. And it's like, Oh, hey, look, now there's a car just going past this chase scene. He's going faster than the cop car chase. He is single-handedly driving faster than in a criminal trying to escape and the police. Like, this would be a dumb question. How fast do you think that guy was going? Well, for him, the fast that guy, here's the thing. I'm sure the car, like the car that that cop chase might be going for sure over 100 miles per hour to 120, maybe like the best that the perp is getting away. But But for sure, I'm sure that car is going by and Statham is maybe mobbing 160 to 180 miles per hour just flying past everyone trying to keep up with this helicopter going over freaking Miami like there was a pretty sick shot where like a like a freaking toll booth like closes the freaking arm but the car is so like low to the ground he just freaking mobs right under it like this is pretty fucking sick scene but either way eventually the helicopter gets to the airport where he's going onto a private jet to go to his Colombian cocaine cartel meeting (laughs) And then, yeah, like, Statham so. gets here on the Lamborghini. The jet is taking off, and he just starts fucking flooring this fucking Lamborghini enough to catch up to the jet, and so he could k- grab onto the front landing gear and sneak into the damn plane. 
but not before the car he abandons it it crashes through the iconic miami sign and blows up which by the way you mentioned bad boys earlier this had to be a bad boy shout out because i don't know how much they do this it was the exact shot of the miami scene that they do in like the first and i think second and maybe even third bad boys movie but either way, because Razzie hops on the landing gear, we then see this freaking like Lamborghini that's been most likely going 190 miles per hour just fly off the landing strip through the Miami sign, blowing up in a glorious flame and glorious flame glory. I just said glory double time. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so now they we're have at the their final f- fight. Yeah, this 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 final fight actually kind of reminds me a bit of the of the uh, confrontation at the end of Goldfinger in the sense of they're in a plane bad guy has a gun tells the guy to sit down and then they have a bit of a then they have a bit of the fisticuffs but here's the thing so at some point chad shin accidentally like shoots the pilot and then there's a point where the where plane they're, they're, is spinning out of control and they're just yeah. having a full brawl in a spinning plane where we have this cartoon cgi plane just like being ridiculously like spinning around i'm like who knows what now the fuck's going on now, listen, I know that every wannabe critic, the first thing they talk about when they talk about an old movie like this is, oh, my God, look at the bad CGI. But because it's an easy out, right? It's, it's, an easy fucking, thing to it's 2006. Come on. But here's but here's the they thing. They spent the money more on having a this, car do a fucking kickflip to knock a bomb off. No, here's the thing. That CGI for the plane was genuinely pretty bad, though. Oh, no, it was hilariously bad. But come on. Have you seen this fucking movie? <laughs> yeah, while they're spinning, they're like, you know, it's you know how like in it like like when girls have a cat fight, they're on the ground, they're rolling around and stuff. They're doing that, but they're doing it in zero gravity with the plane like they're in space. Yes, because the G force and shit. So anyway, it lands in the water and then, OK. I don't know how this worked. Tell me, tell me if I got this right. Here's the way they, they land in the water without not fucking like all that momentum flying through the air, hitting <laughs> solid mass, and their bodies just fucking going splat on wherever the fuck of the plate is. But fuck it, come on. At this point, Jason stays as a fucking superhero. No, and this no, guy's no, but a, it, no, but got okay. a fuck is just a super villain. No, but it's okay because they landed in water. Yes. So that means it wasn't fatal because it's water. I guess enough. Like I, I have a feeling physics might say different in the situation, but let's just pretend they landed in water. We did watch Jason Statham do a kick flip in an Audi. Yes. So, so physics uh, might have been told to fuck off for this movie. So they get in the. So they get in the fight when they're in the water again. And what does Jason do? He like judo chops him on the back of his neck and that makes him paralyzed. I guess either way, they were able to fight to the point where Statham was able to get the upper hand, knock him out and basically grab him, swim out of the sinking, swim out of the sinking airplane in the middle of the ocean. And luckily boats arrive to pick them up. Yeah. And then there's actually a really touching scene here at the end where he's at the hospital. Going so, to rem- yeah, no, no. Quick thing. Remember how I complain oh, yeah. like last movie? Well, kind of a complaint or just weird because remember the last movie just kind of ended when, hey, they show yeah, the human yeah. traffickers and then credits roll. I'm like, OK, that's weird. They like you're used to movies kind of like, oh, after that, they kind of established like, oh, things are cool and hunker dory there's again. An, yeah, like here, they literally did that. Yeah, they did a quick epilogue where like Statham's visiting Jack and his parents. This was actually like, well, weird, he doesn't really, really visit them. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to visit them, but he sees through the door that uh, the three of them are all having fun. He gets like they're actually being a family now. Yeah. After almost dying by this evil Chadchen virus (laughs) and friggin' like Chadchen virus. Yes. By the that was made by like a Colombian cocaine cartel and superhero (laughs) Jason Statham had to come in and save the day. They now get to enjoy some quality family time after all this madness. He had like some flowers and uh, he gets a little smirk on his face and he walks away. Well, here's the thing, because they're playing that like riddle game. Yeah. And they're like, they keep on guessing and you just hear Jason say to them, it's potato. Yeah, yeah. He gives the nurse like, hey, give these give these people flowers. He goes to his car and he gets a phone call and the phone call says, hey, I need a transporter. He's like. I'm listening. This is the credit song. Well, that wasn't actually the credit song, but but yeah, that, that was a nice little scene. Um, and then oh yeah, and then he also drives uh, the inspector to the airport. And yeah, life goes on for Frank, uh, Frank for Frank Statham over there. Um, so I don't know if this would be a controversial opinion. I don't know about you. Tell me what you think. I think this is. Damn it. I don't I don't know if I believe it myself. I was literally about to be like, I think this is better than the first one. But then I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the first one actually tried to like be a movie. The move. Well, the first one you said, well, the first one, you enjoyed the pacing. You enjoyed scenes breathing. This movie did not have scenes breathing. This was high fucking octane. I don't think the third movie has stripper assassins. (laughs) I don't think it has stripper assassins. There is ridiculous plot in that movie, but we aren't getting stripper assassins, evil Chadchen men related to that, you know, that Colombian cocaine cartel that are right. making super viruses to kill to kill high officials for some goddamn reason. Because Miami. I think the third movie is going to be back in France. We're going to be back in Europe. Things are going to be oh, cool. maybe more normal. But we're not in Miami anymore. Well, at least we're done with Miami. Holy fuck, dude. This movie was ridiculous. Like, dude, you and me were talking about, like, yeah, no, Fast and Furious? How those movies are dumbass ridiculous? Or basically fucking Marvel movies? Dude, this this movie kind of was like half of a Marvel movie. It really, 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 really was. Come on, dude. Like... The vi- dude, the villains were ridiculous super villains. You have a handsome Chadchen gentleman who has six samurai sword skills and his evil henchwoman who runs around killing people in lingerie. This sounds like a fucking comic book. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, All righty. Um, yeah, no, that movie, that movie was really, that movie was really fun. I'm uh, obviously I'm glad we watched it. I, we had to, cause we did the first one, but that was, that, that was, that was, and a right, next movie. week we're going to finish it off with the third one. We're not doing the weird soft reboot because I'm only here for Jason Statham. Sorry. Right. I'm here I heard for- the, I heard the most common thing I hear about that movie. People say is like, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's honestly fine, but it's not Jason Statham. Um, yeah, come on. We're here for Statham <laughs> in this damn movie. Your son's been infected with a deadly virus. <laughs> I bet the guy could. I have a feeling that guy can perform that line, and we can generally take it serious. Oh man! But Statham, yeah, exactly. But Statham, exactly. Does, Statham does it, and we're like laughing for fucking two minutes straight. Uh, you, uh, I don't know what I want the thumbnail to be more. I, I feel like the thumbnail should almost should be him like flying. 
in the sky after he gets the bomb and hooked from his car. I Is that or how. that or fucking Lola, the stripper assassin, just licking his face and him being very uncomfortable <laughs> with it? Like that didn't look like that was acting. That looked like Jason Statham was actually uncomfortable. I don't think I'd be ready for that. Like crazy of a woman <laughs> trying to like just straight up look my face. All right, we need to figure out what we're listening to next week too for a music review. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, do you have the book handy? Yes, I have the book up here. Give me one second. Okay. All one right. Mississippi. All right. So we've done two weeks in a row in the 1960s. So yeah. I'm going to try to shoot for the 1980s. So how does Ooh, the sure. zinger go? Just do it. Oh, it goes, uh, it goes left, right. Right, forward. left. We know left. Yeah, le- left, right, right. forward. forward. Back, back, triple D, D on the, the attack. attack. All right, Path. I'm just I'm just doing a couple flips. All right, the first thing I saw is I'm gonna fuck up, fuck this up. So I did pick some in the '80s. It's in 1985. The band or artist is called Scritty Politi. What? No, so this is how their name is spelled. It's S C R I T T I, and the last name is P O L I T T I. I see. And then, okay. The album is called Cupid and Psych 85. I just looked it up on. I was spelling it out in the Google as you said it. The genres for this are call are consist of pop, synth pop, art pop, electro funk, blue eyed soul, sophista pop, and R and B. So yeah, let me read. Let me read off the description of this. So please, all right. Cupid and Psych '85 was a breakthrough for Green Guard sides. Scritti Politi spawning five UK hits and two US smashes. This was the third incarnation of the band, which started in 1977 as an anarchist collective in London, cutting four experimental post-punk singles influenced. Usually by French literary literary theory that yeah, liter, literary theory and Italian Marxism, aided by Erf Martin's state of the art production, Cupid raised the bar for R and B, the funky wood bees and the blissful lovers rock of the girl. Oh wait, no, hold it. The parentheses. Sorry, there's parentheses with the song titles. I think yes. Because, yeah, raise the bar for R&B, period. The funky would-be's and blissful lovers rock up the world. The word girl, Ern Gartside, a white art student from South Wales, the affection of Prince, Chaka Khan, Janet Jackson, Jammin' Lewis, and many of his black heroes. Perfect Way, a U.S. number 12 hit, was even covered by Miles Davis, who would later collaborate with the group. Inspired by Quincy Jones' production on Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, Guardside decamped to Manhattan with keyboardist David Gamson and drummer Fred Mayer to surround himself with session men like bassist Marcus Miller, 
guitarist Robert Quinn and drummer Steve Ferroni. Performing in a Jackson-influenced Andromeda's falsetto, Green's cryptic lyrics question the attainability of romance, turning the love song into a kind of a lex- lexical game. All of this underlying value went unnoticed by most of the audience, but with its sweet synth clavier, synth clavier, fucking bitch. The word is spelled S S Y N C L A V I E R S. Synclaviers. Synclave or something. Synclave. All right. A meticulous with its sweet synclaveres, fairlight fanfares, and meticulous sequence back. Beats and break beats. The influence of Cupid and Psych 85 on pop has been immeasurable. I'm gonna be honest, I have no idea what half those words you said even meant, but I feel what like I'm fuck? in, I feel like I'm definitely in for another game, game, another album where I'm like, you know what, this sounds interesting <laughs> to basically. The person, I think, the person that that is the pro. Wait, 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 hold it. Let me like double check. I think because like Green Guardside is the main man of the band Scritti and Politi. He literally in the quote, you know, like the quotations above the tracking list, literally right. says, "I never listen to my own music." <laughs> oh. I see. Well, you know, that almost might be a good thing-ish, just in the sense of artistic, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, dude. People are weird, okay? Well, dude, we're getting a weird... Dude, literally, we're getting, like, alright, so we got some, like, freaking, like, socialist philosopher that was in anarchistic groups trying to play, like, Michael Jackson. This feels like... I feel... I feel like this would go. I feel like this would go good with your disc rocker uh, kids. You know what? I am interested, and it will be like I sent you a picture of the page that you can look at, like look over if you desire. Oh, also, sure. like, like I feel uh, like yeah. it'll be easier for us when I look up the album, try to remember what the fuck we were like. The book just made us. It's making us listen to this week. Huh. Well, that's gonna be neat. Um, yeah. We ready to call it a show? Damn right. Because this was the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your good host, James and Edward. I hope you all have a good one. You all too. Adios. Adios.